Hello, uh, Lore Crimes viewers. We are back at it again with a fantasy fireside. But this time, there's a couple things different. First of all, you might notice the avatar. I'm, of course, Carl Franz, and his glorious regalia is still there. But it's not Andy. The Remembrancer is gone. With me, I have today Al, the Amber King. No one will remember the Remembrancer. <laughs> I've <laughs> taken him out. He's, he's replaced. He's, replaced. <laughs> he's currently on the end of my uh, little wooden stick. He's the marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> I have consumed him for more esoteric knowledge. I now it remember is, everything. It is the uh, Haster, the King in Yellow, so I suppose that's only fitting. True. Well, he's more, um, you know, haunting slash, you know, do something bad in your underwear kind of <laughs> eldritch horror rather than knowledge. Being being a jerk, I will say, because it's still within the first minute of the video and I can't use bigger words yet. True, true. <laughs> uh, but beyond that, this fantasy fireside is going to be a bit different because today I'm going to be telling how, well, I guess, a little bit of explanation. Hal, I know you're a little bit more familiar with fantasy than Andy is. Yeah. I'm kind of, I knew uh, Warhammer Fantasy before I actually knew Warhammer 40k. I know that's a bit of a shock there for many people. And I really, I really fell in love with it. Um, <laughs> end times. <laughs> I knew, I knew the end times end happened, crimes. the end crimes. And I was so upset. And I kind of, I've honestly stayed away from Age of Stigma for so long, but I know that they've been, they've been putting in the work in terms of making that world good. And so I'm kind of, I'm like, you know, my body's ready. I'm ready to explore the setting that I've kind of, you know, been against because it's not the old world. <laughs> uh, well said. And as Hal said, and as you can probably figure out because, you know, videos have titles in them. We are not in the Warhammer fantasy world today. Today, we're going to go over Age of Sigmar. So kind of like the first of these was, what's the basics of the Warhammer fantasy world? This is going to be a similar vein for Age of Sigmar. Granted, a little bit more broad. We'll not just be going over locations. I'll be going over the plot of the game, the mortal realms themselves, and the grand alliances, the uh, faction groupings. And I'm Before, your victim. <laughs> and, yeah, and since Hal doesn't know much about the Age of Sigmar universe, it's his turn to have lore just vomited all over him. Definitely, I'm I'm ready, and I think the viewers we're all we're we're just ready to hit us with it. Let's Indeed. let's delve into the. Are they called? They're not called. Are they called mortal realms? They're the the mortal realms. Yes. Oh damn! I was thinking of so. the Total War Immortal Empires. I can already, t I can already feel that there's gonna. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it aw together. Awesome trailer, but I have to. We have to move on. I can't get caught on the Total War trailer because I will. I'll be uh, anyway. sad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of you who only know it as that thing, you ignore and instead play Total Warhammer. Funnily enough, uh, Age of Sigmar is the sequel to the Warhammer Fantasy universe and game. Uh, after you know the end times happened, which again, bad, very bad. Uh, Age of Sigmar was born to replace the old fantasy line. It uh, replaced the rank and file, the square bases with circles, as they are in 40k. And kind of 40k-ified the setting in a couple of ways, which in some ways is bad. It's not as much of a cohesive single planet anymore. But in some ways it's good. It allows for a lot more uh, factions to be created 
since functionally the moral realms are infinite and a lot of more homebrew because again it's not a single planet there's a lot more room for whatever you want and while it's certainly not as well developed as fantasy was and 40k is i don't think that's a issue with the setting as it is the fact that age of sigmar launched in 2015 i believe so it's only just about eight years old now that really so, dates this podcast yeah, <laughs> as soon as someone hears it uh, yeah, well, <laughs> later down the line it'll date it, but for you know, for now. Yeah, this this is uh, this is the modern day for us. So. Yeah, this is. Sorry to all of you super future people watching this in twenty forty five. Shout out to my grandkids listening to this too. <laughs> <laughs> all all eight hundred of you. Good Lord. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Let's do this. Ugh. Let's do this. All right. So, uh, but yeah, it's come together as a setting, and I'd like to introduce some people to it. So let's go through the the plot of Age of Sigmar first, which, as a spoiler, this is going to be most of the video telling you what's going on in AOS and you know the narrative and the plot because that is what gets a lot of people into Warhammer. Like, what's what are these people? What are they doing? What are they about? Very quickly, if like a very like imagine if you had like a very quick sentence here, why should someone give this setting a chance? So just like very quickly, because he. We're obviously trying to encourage people. Like I, I'm here, you know, I'm with you, brother. I'm holding hands. But um, <laughs> why? Why now has it kind of turned around? And you think it's the time to get into Age of Sigmar lore, just for the people who are listening. Um, at least from personal experience, I know that this it's kind of been getting more popular lately. Like at my local GW, they uh, the manager was talking about how a whole bunch more people have recently gotten into the game, so it's kind of blowing up. And something I do think, I do firmly believe, is that I do think most of Games Workshop's creativity right now is going into Age of Sigmar. Uh, and the models, the, the models too, definitely. The models are phenomenal. Oh, Lord. And 40K's kind of gotten to a point where it has its established setting. And veering away from that is very difficult, if not almost impossible. Grimdark. Least, it has to be Grimdark. Yeah, yeah, at least in my opinion. But AOS is new, so it's still kind of forming in a couple different ways. Um, also, it's I kind mean, of a it's an exciting time now. Like we're witnessing the the co cohesion is that the right word? The kind of coalescence of this setting yeah. into its identity. Yeah, like it's oh, only awesome. in its third edition right now, which I think launched last year or the year before. Uh, uh, I'm ready. I'm 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 uh, in now. I'm ready. Let's do it. Yeah. And, <laughs> Let's do uh, it. Just. One other thing, it's much like 40K as science fiction on steroids. Uh, AOS is fantasy on steroids. So if you like massive scale, titanic everything, Age of Sigmar has you covered. So with that being said, I need to uh, disappoint everyone because to talk about Age of Sigmar, I need to bring up the end times. Oh, pain. Uh, so for those of you who don't know what the end times uh, were... The Warhammer Fantasy range as a whole was selling less than uh, individual armies in 40k. And I think paint was outselling Warhammer Fantasy, which hurts. Oof. Uh, so Games Workshop decided things had to be shaken up. And the way they did this was blow up the setting. That's one uh, way to do it. Yeah. That being said, a lot of races, factions, and whatnot from the end times, the old fantasy world actually survived. 
The Skaven just kind of teleported their capital city into the warp. The Lizardmen, uh, their fancy, you know, Aztec, Inca, Maya, mishmash pyramids, were actually spaceships. So when the Skaven were blowing up the Chaos Moon and causing all the fragments to land on Lustria, uh, or at least a decent chunk of them were landing there and invading the Lizardmen, they declared that the plan had failed, they got into their spaceships, and just left the planet. And most importantly of all, Sigmar, Heldenhammer, the titular god of Age of Sigmar, and Archaon, the ever-chosen of Chaos, Warhammer Fantasy Abaddon, for those who aren't too familiar with him. Slightly more competent, though. Slightly yeah, he, more competent yeah. Abad- Abaddon or Abaddon? I call him Abaddon, but I, however you want to say it. <laughs> He's a I I Archeon to me his backstory is a little bit better as well. Let's be honest, better than Abaddon's. Oh, oh yeah, hundred percent. Even though I do have a slight confusion about his backstory, but I see I assume we might talk about him properly another time. But he's definitely he's he's a lot more competent, and I I enjoy yeah. that about him. Whether you whether he's competent because Games Workshop just wanted the setting blown up, I'll leave that up to the viewers to decide their opinions on his conf- competence. True, true. Uh, but he and Sigmar wrestled, wrestled over Galmaraz, Sigmar's signature Warhammer, and indeed the Warhammer of Games Workshop that, uh, if you ever look at their emblem, doesn't come from 40k. That would be good old Galmaraz on it. And in the city of Middenheim, as... The warp was overtaking the planet, the realm of chaos. They wrestled over the hammer. And although Sigmar won, it was a hollow victory because the world was still ending all around them. The heroes of order, as well as uh, Nagash, who was also there trying to stop it, if only because he lives on the world, uh, failed to stop it, and the Warhammer world was devoured by chaos. We haven't mentioned the leech, the little... The little scum that is uh, Mr. Manfred. Von, yeah, uh. Manfred von Karstein. Oh man, it's, it's annoying because uh. he's quite—he's such an enjoyable character. And that's the one like little piece that I just despise about him so much. <laughs> Unfortunately, that little piece is ending the setting. He stabbed. Um, t- no, not technically. He stabbed Balthazar Gelt. Balthazar Gelt. I know that then- part. Yeah. Teclas tried to take his wind of magic into his body, and it was too much, and he exploded. And then the world exploded. But, enough end times, it's time to get to Age of Sigmar, if only so I can stop talking about the end times. Let's let's do it. I'm ready. So, while Sigmar won, like I said, world implodes around him, but he attaches himself to the solid core of the Warhammer world, which proceeds to fly through the space and time that doesn't really exist anymore because chaos ate everything for untold amount of time until he ends up in what would become known as the realm of Azir in the mortal realms. And he meets this god beast, which are big old monsters that are called god beasts because they're very powerful. This one is known as the Stardrake Dracothian. And it's revealed through this and the end times, as it turns out, Warhammer worlds follow a cycle. Chaos will blow up one world, move on to the next, and then the survivors of the previous one usually become the new gods of the new setting. Things are nice for a while, then Chaos shows up, they start making the world suck, and then eventually they blow it up and move on. 
Does that mean, I have a very quick question. Mm-hmm. Does that when in the old world, when they refer to the old ones, was that perhaps a race that survived the previous epoch, if you know what I mean? That's, I don't believe that has ever been confirmed, but what has been confirmed is that some of the elven gods, so I know Assyrian and Cain, they were survivors of the last world. Yo, that's kind of, I mean, I understand Cain because he's just too, I like it, but Cain, Cain, Cain in Warhammer Fantasy is way better, man. Has to be said. He's mm-hmm. so, again, so much more competent. Yeah. I enjoy that. That's really, oh man, that's pretty cool. I'd actually, I'd had no idea that they, is that like a, is that a common theory or is that like perhaps like a, or is a deep law um, idea? I, I think it's a decent amount of, it's not exactly like in universe or as far as like we would know it. Oh, okay. Okay. That's pretty cool. Um, though, to be fair. Yeah. So it's, uh, I don't know if it's one of the more prominent things they've advertised, but it is something that's not like hidden away uh, for the setting. So uh, that happens, and he meets this guy, this Star Drake Dracothian. And Dracothian's sole job is to basically form the bedrock of reality. So when uh, the gods of the new world, they come in and, you know, kind of spice it up. But Dracothian gives it its formation. And either with his help or it was irrelevant of it, I couldn't find anything that confirmed it completely. The former eight winds of magic from the Warhammer world formed the eight mortal realms. And Sigmar, having been bound to the wind of heaven in the Warhammer fantasy world, became the god of the realm of Azir, the realm of heavens. The lizardmen who, uh, in their spaceships, who had largely died out except for some slan, also made it to Azir and became creatures of heaven. They became demons of order with pretty much the lightning of heaven running through their veins, which is so metal. That's actually pretty... Uh, They have, like, the glowing woke eyes, but it's actually white instead of red. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, they kind of flip-flop on it a bit. Like, early on, they were all, like, demons of order. Now they've kind of changed a bit where some of them are, some of them aren't. They're just regular flesh-and-blood lizardmen. It's a little bit all over the place, but at least some of them are these crazy lightning demons that only form into lizardmen bodies when they lightning strike in front of a chaos warrior and cut his head off. Did my boy, Lord Croak, I'm on oh, the edge of be- my seat. Did he survive? Oh, you better believe Lord Croak is still around. That That is... Uh, I'll he, be getting to him. He is Lizardman uh, Doom Guy, 100%, and no one can change my opinion on that. But he yeah, has magic instead. Yeah, he's, uh, he's pretty sick. And thus forms the early ages of AOS. And this is known as the Age of Myth. Early on, Sigmar was kind of alone. Uh, Dracothian kind of you know, pissed off after he helped Sigmar out and helped Sigmar get his bearings. But Sigmar wasn't alone forever. Because over time, he came across the some of the former people and gods he knew from the old world, freed them or recruited them from whatever they were doing, and they formed the new pantheon of gods of Age of Sigmar, of the Mortal Realms. And funnily enough, Nagash was first. Now, for those of you who don't know, Nagash... Imagine a Warhammer Saturday cartoon villain. He has no redeeming qualities. He is the worst person ever. Just giant piece of shit. Utterly selfish in every... 
literally in every regard. Yeah, I don't think he has anything redeeming about him. Uh, but very powerful. And early on in the mortal realms, they were a very dangerous place. There were a lot of beasties and nasty things crawling around. They weren't even chaos related as chaos had yet to come into the planet. But they were still very dangerous. Is that similar so, to like how um, before the old ones arrived in the old world, they were like dragon ogre shagoths? Mm-hmm. Like just like just things, and obviously like dragons too. Like they just existed. It's yeah, it's kind of like that. I actually hadn't made that uh, parallel before, but yeah, it's kind of like that. How before the old ones came in, the Warhammer world was a lot more dangerous. It was kind of like that. Only now it was Sigmar who had to deal with it. So for that reason, he frees Nagash because he needs the allies, and together they fought these horrible creatures. And I've even read that supposedly, uh, maybe this is exaggeration, maybe it isn't, but some of the things they fought would have even given the Chaos Gods pause for thought on whether or not they wanted to fight. Is that like the, again, reference to Old World, there was a dragon ogre Shaggoth that Archaon Mm. Did it? It was part of his quest to become ever chosen, and yeah. it was literally like the size of a mountain. Yeah, like he was. I think you could confuse it for a mountain if you were far away from it. And even Arcan was like, "I'm not messing with that." That's, yeah, it's kind of like that. It makes you does Except, make me wonder, like, where these creatures do come from, or if that's just like a natural, like you know how, like, obviously, guess dinosaurs in our world, like back, you know, way back then they were bigger. Yeah. more deadly it's, it's, just a, uh, it's just a thing that happens kind of something like that because the mortal realms are all intrinsically magic since they each formed from one of the eight winds so depending on where they're at you get all these horrible different nasty creatures that aren't even chaos they're just massively powerful creatures indeed they're called god beasts for that reason small questions and, from my head how many realms are there i know we're gonna talk about them. there are Eight main realms. There's a there's a few sub realms I'll bring up, but eight main ones from each of the eight winds of Got magic it. of the Got old it. Warhammer world. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, and as uh, and like I said, these things would have given the chaos gods at least a little bit of pause for thought. So Sigmar Nagash went on a rampage. Uh, he was the first. After that, he found more uh, gods who either were already gods or had become gods through the end times. He found the old dwarf gods Grimnir and Grugni, yes. uh, bound, bound by. Those. They were bound to a mountain, and they refused to talk about what caused that to happen. They, they just didn't talk. They just didn't want to talk about it. Too stubborn, huh? They were too stubborn and too embarrassed. Uh, he freed them, and Grugni was like, "Hey, you know what? You did me a solid. Dwarfs are all about oaths and debts. I'm going to offer you my services." Grimnir, on the other hand, was like, "No, I'm repaying this debt." Right now, what am I going to kill? So Sigmar told them to fight another god beast named Volcatrix, the mother of the salamanders, not the space marines, the mythical animal. Uh, And in a colossal duel, they killed each other. Uh, Grimnir shattered into pieces known as Urgold, and Volcatrix's corpse created volcanoes as well as those salamanders. In the realm of fire, this happened. So that's kind of like I was saying, it's fantasy on steroids. The pre, pre-setting lore is a god shattering into pieces and creating volcanoes from the fight. Damn. That must have been, uh, was it, sorry, Grimnir or Grungi, which one? Grim- Grimnir is the one who shattered. Grungi is like the craftsman's god. Grimnir is the, you know, the slayer god, the one the, who's all about fighting. Oaths and 
Oh, that's pretty. So this is like the Slayer, the Slayer God literally yeah. got shattered, which must have been, mm-hmm. it, that's insane. Just yeah. crazy. Man. After them, Gork and Morka. Uh, Gork and Mork had fused, and somehow the fusion had gotten trapped in a giant blob of sentient amber. Uh, so Sigmar freed Gorkamorka, and then they immediately proceeded to beat the shit out of each other for days on end. Uh, and then at just at one point, you know how like when the lion and Lehman Russ were doing that campaign and they fought. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Lehman Russ just starts laughing, and the lion knocks him out cold. Because he's just not—he's not having any of it. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that, but it's two Lehman Russes, and they both just realize the stupid fight they've been having you just start laughing so that literally but they were laughing the entire time as well probably <laughs> probably yeah Gorkamork was having the time of his life and sigmar god or not was originally a barbarian king so he was having plenty of fun too he was like oh i get to fight this is hell yeah is this inside a realm or is this in like kind of this is in the realm of beasts so sigmar's going to multiple Kind of like Pokemon, he's, he's yeah, collecting he's, them all. He's he's going across all the mortal realms and collecting the gods. Uh, and then uh, Gorkamork actually, for a little while, joins his pantheon as well, which I know orcs cooperating with others. Weird. Uh, but Gorkamork was down with it at first, mostly because Sigmar would point at something and say, hey, that's a problem, go kill it. And then Gorkamork would go and kill it. Uh, so that was his contribution. Next up, he found all of the elf gods. Uh, Tyrion and Teclas are back. They're now the gods of the realm Heish, Light. Uh, Tyrion was blind because he got into a basically a staring contest with the sun. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait and, what? Is that real? Uh, yeah. Base, it was the essentially the manifestation of Heish's light. And since it's the realm of light, it's a very bright light. Uh, and Tyrion didn't want to puss out, so he refused to look away from her, and uh, and he was blind. Now, did I think I've asked this, but like way before? But how is Tyrion good with Teclas after he kind of you know plotted to have his ever child, uh, you know, you know, yeeted into the Nagash soup? Shall we say? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it helps that during the end times, Teclas did revive him. He didn't quite forgive him. Uh, but when Manfred stabbed, or not stabbed Teclas, but stabbed Balthasar, and that led to Teclas dying, the only, one of the only connections Teclas had left in the world just vanished into smoke. So between that and the fact that, uh, when Teclas found him, it was pretty much his only companion. And also, Tyrion can see through Teclas's eyes. Uh, not his own, but through Teclas's. That's kind of weird, <laughs> I have to say. A weird, but uh, I don't know. It's kind of interesting, if nothing else. So that's kind of how they're making up on it. And they're, I they're, imagine... dual, they're dual gods, aren't they? So they're, they're both gods of the realm. Yeah. I think Tyrion technically outranks, if you want to say it, uh, Teclas is a deity, but they're both gods. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, so... And then uh, eventually Sigmar finds them. Uh, he finds Malekith. His name is now Malarian because changing his name to Malarian is easier than trying to sue Marvel Comics. Uh, because Marvel also has a dark elf character named Malekith. Yeah, uh, Thor but, the Dark World. Definitely everyone's yeah. favorite movie, <laughs> hands down. Uh, 
best uh, awful, <laughs> awful movie or not no amount of games workshop lawyers bullying is going to get disney to back down so that games workshop chose the uh the route of discretion on this one didn't, didn't they try and copyright the word warhammer and uh, then, i bl- and like, i believe they did too. and they also tried to copyright space marines even though uh, i think there, they tried to copyright pauldrons once too yeah that's that's a you know what i mean like someone is smoking something fishy yeah. and I'm, I'm over here with my campfire and my marshmallow <laughs> eating the remnants of andy <laughs> but that is that's you know audacious is that why they're called i the only thing oh, i do know is i was just ales, aren't they? Yeah, i was just gonna bring that up you'll notice if you look at the fantasy races like orcs are oryx elves are elves dwarfs are duarden i'm calling them what they are i'm not i'm not going with gw copyright crap it's a dwarf i don't call it a duarden if you want it's a dwarf i bet no one calls them by their like no one their, does their even the, names even the people who love aos more than fantasy like it's it's a dwarf it's a fucking dwarf uh anyways though uh elf gods are found malekith Tyrion, and teclas and marathi also survived uh but she's not quite a god yet uh keep that yet in mind uh, Alariel II for the realm of life. Uh, Malekith was the god of shadow, uh, Ulgu. And Alariel is the goddess of the realm of life. And, you know, they're all part of the pantheon too. Not always, you know, in the best of terms because one of them is Nagash. No one likes Nagash. Or e- e- even but now. <laughs> no one likes Nagash even no now. One, no one likes him. Uh, Tyrion might have kind of forgiven Teclas. I don't think he forgave Nagash for eating his daughter. That makes sense. Um, But, you know, they're doing their best to recreate the world as they knew it and make it better in any way they can. So, Teclis and Grugni do their best to bring the mortals of the world up to snuff. Nagash uh, fills out the underworlds and creates places for the dead to go. Uh, He also eats all of the other death gods that existed because there used to be other death gods. And then Nagash ate them and then there weren't any other death gods. Uh, But, you know. And like I said earlier, Gorkamorka just beats the shit out of anything that's big enough to threaten them. So for a while, everything is about as nice as you can ever hope to be in a Warhammer setting. There's some small-scale conflict, yes, and there are actually beastmen, uh, the children of chaos, but not in large enough numbers to truly threaten anyone. And indeed, at one point, there's even a Skaven incursion into one of the mortal realms. And the entire great clan that invades gets wiped to the last rat. As, so, as they deserve it. But also kind of sad because the rat, <laughs> the Skaven are the best part of Warhammer Fantasy. Yeah, well, if we know anything about them, there's always more. So this True. clan's gone, but that's hardly all of them. I do want to ask about Skaven Blight, but I assume we're going to talk about that later. Because that it's, intrigues me. It's. I'll bring it up uh, shortly because we're almost to the end of the Age of Myth. But this is around the time a lot of the factions begin popping up. Uh, some of them might not be active for a while, but the uh, the like the Lumineth realm lords of the Order are actually created around this time, as are the Iden and the Deepkin. But for a couple different reasons, the Lumineth do not participate in the early Age of Sigmar universe, which for reasons I'll get to. Uh, but a lot of the factions have their origins here, in the Age of Myth. Uh, this wasn't going to last forever, though, because, as we said, I said it's cyclical. Chaos comes back eventually. 
early on, it was uh, dealt with semi-easily because the gods were all still united. Uh, like I said, the Skaven uh, were wiped that great clan down to the man. Uh, but they still survived because good old Thantquil, the biggest, the horned rat's funniest oh, clown. yes. Uh, him and the horned rat, who's now the great horned rat and a major chaos god after the end times, just teleported all of Skaven Blight to the warp. Uh, they oh. can just do that. They were just like, this is in the warp now. Uh, and then the Skaven, keep in mind, you know, the warp, it's the realm of chaos. It's infinite. Would you, would you agree with that statement, Hal? It's, it's an infinite realm. The word infinite, it is weirdly enough infinite and yet not infinite. Cause it, again, it makes no sense. Yeah. It's, it's, it's even more confusing in, uh, 40k cause there are like actual places and then they're not all in the same timeline. It's it just doesn't make... If you're new to Warhammer, it just... Think of the laws of physics. Don't apply. Anything nope. with warp, do not apply. Uh, and speaking of things that don't make sense, the Skaven managed to dig so deeply into the warp from Skaven Blight that they crashed it halfway back into reality. Don't think about that sentence because I don't understand it. I do have a... I think I have a slight theory about that, if I can go into it. Please. Which is that, um, I assume the, you say the realms, I'm guessing, are they kind of like dimensions or are they? They're, they're more like planes of existence. You know, D and D how there's like, you know, the, like the different planes, like there's the underdark and. Oh, so it's kind of like, um, funny enough, this is going to be a reference to Thor, the dark world. Uh, You know, the part near the end of the film where they have all those like, there's kind of like those discs of like those portals line up. I'm going to be honest, I've never seen that movie, and I oh. never plan on it. <laughs> well, you're the lucky one. <laughs> well, essentially, they have... It's a funny enough, a similar plot, uh, where the realms are all lining up, and they want to use a super weapon to basically destroy them all at once. And I assume it might be... Is it like that, similarly, with the realms and Age of Sigmar? Well, they kind of... They're not, like, physically near each other, but in a sort of, uh, I guess, esoteric idea of, like being next to each other, they can kind of line up or they are all connected uh, in a way. I'd say it's kind of like that. And there are connections between them known as realm gates, which is you go through the realm gate uh, and you enter one realm to another. And sometimes there, you know, that what you would imagine a big gate of fire takes you to the realm of fire. Other times it's weird things. Like you fall asleep under a certain tree, you wake up in a different reality. That'd be confusing. Yeah. Uh, Realm gates are wacky. As are the realms, but we'll get to we'll get to the realms a bit later. Is it like the webway in Warhammer, where they're kind of like wormholes, mm, not slash tunnels, kind of, but not quite. Like, like it's a similar concept, but the details are different. Like no realm gate. Like it's not like you go through a realm gate and then you're in the same system of tunnels for every realm gate. Uh, they differ between each. Like some are undoubtedly very much like the webway. Others, like I said, you fall asleep next to a certain rock, you wake up in a different reality. It's meant to not make sense, essentially. Yeah, or, or it's a it, uh, it's a mystery. It's yeah, it's a mystery, and I think it's helped by the fact it's a fantasy setting, which you don't need to explain things as much. You can just go, it's it's magic. It just happens. Yeah, this is not sci-fi. It's fi. yeah, <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I think I'm. So, I think I'm on it. I'm just like I get slightly confused about how to 
Oh, no worries. Hey, the point of this is to explain OS, isn't it? It's AOS. Just, <laughs> I, get, I get confused about how to, uh, I guess, map it in my head. I think I've said this, like, just between us two as well, like, in our own discussions. Like, how to kind of, like, I, I was going to, I had, like, a rant about this before where I know what the Warhammer old world is. I know where all the factions are and where everything's placed. Because I can look at a map and I think... Um, yeah, AOS is slight. Like, like I, go, I don't have my bearings. If you know what I mean, where it's hard to figure out where everyone yeah. is. So, but it's not. So, like, if it was a map of the realm, it's more of a representation of what they look like, rather than yeah, like really, where they are actually placed. Um, yeah, like there is some maps. Like, uh, I sent you one now. I, actually, I can see it. Yeah, yeah. We'll put this in the uh, video for the uh, listeners. But just a, do you want to give a brief description just for an, an audio listener yeah uh so each realm like some realms you will find maps like that actually wasn't the one i wanted to pull up this is a different map i was going to pull up that i think is a bit better uh like this is one of the a map of the realm of heish uh light where the lumineth are oh that's kind of cool you you can find maps of them that are you know fairly reliable but the thing about the mortal realms is uh games workshop says they're nearly infinite which means they're narratively they are infinite like kind of kind of like how in like science fiction warhammer and just sci-fi in general you can cross a galaxy in two days but crossing a planet takes like three months oh it's so kind the, of like the realms that. are much more warp like in a sense then they're much in, they, they have less rules to them they're not like a material they're not like round material world planets yeah, not quite. There's a, there's, and when we get to the realms in a bit, I'll explain them a bit more. Uh, but okay, there's okay. each realm has its own rules, but it's not necessarily each realm is just a square or a, like a circle. Ah, oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll we'll get to that, I guess, in a bit then. Indeed. Uh, back to the Age of Chaos. It's creeping in early on. They're fought back, but eventually Archaon finally appears, and the Pantheon. On top of that, begins to fall apart. Yeah, as it turns out, uh, Archeon, by the way, the Chaos Gods just sent him into universes to destroy them uh, every now and then. So he's, uh, this is like, he, he's like here, this is his holiday destination. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's in Ar- other realms. Archeon is just blowing up universes in his spare time between Warhammer Fantasy and AOS. They figure like, well, shit, this guy did it once. Let's have him keep doing it. How, uh, so he, very, very quickly, just how long is the Age of Myth? Is that... Like it's one of those thousands of uh, thousands of years. They like left millions. it up to an uh, interpretation. It's definitely not millions, but beyond like I'd say thousands, there's no specific timeline. I guess uh, it's, like- it's up to you to decide, which is a kind of a running theme with AOS. It does not like dating things or calendars, which to some point is kind of annoying because it makes like getting into it a little bit harder. But it does have a lot more room for homebrew and creating your own little storyline out of the setting. But so, so we do get to the point of Age of... I assume then we get to Age of Chaos and what the reason it's obviously called Age of Myth is this must be... Long like, ago. This is where, long. Wasn't the Age of Myth must have been a long time for it to be called a myth. <laughs> you know, yeah, it was... Whatever the specifics are, it was a while ago. I, I like then, that though. That kind of builds into the, because a lot of, with AOS stuff, it often appears quite quick. Like it's just, oh, snap your fingers and it happened. But 
in-world. It's been around for perhaps even longer than <laughs> 2,500, the coronation of my boy Carl Franz. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to bring that up. It's, of course, always appreciated. Uh, yeah, Count but of Reichland, you know, supreme uh, emperor. Wielder of Galmaraz. Wielder of Galmaraz. All that good stuff. Uh, but yeah, uh, Age of Chaos time. Uh, they eventually appear and the Pantheon begins to fall apart. Uh, Gorko Morka was the first to leave. Uh, he never really cared for civilization building because he's an orc. Uh, I guess two orc gods fused together, but same difference as far as Warhammer goes. And uh, he, what he did, the way he left was he took all of his, you know, the orcs and the alliance, what would become Grand Alliance destruction, declared a wa across all of the mortal realms, uh, marched across all of them with his orcs and just wrecking shit and then turned around and did it again how did they get orcs at this point is that something they do they make orcs during the age of myth or did they get them told the way the orcs uh pure i could not find some of it would be gorkamorka probably made some orcs who wanted the boys around others uh, it's kind of like could be like Warhammer Fantasy, where they're just there because they're orcs, and you can't get rid of them. <laughs> but you know the the the, the uh, black mold in your ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it's uh, a war axe. <laughs> I should also mention that each most of the races have different backstories for how they were created. Uh, like the ogres, I believe many of them think that they were created from uh, Gorkomorka's drool, and therefore are representative of his great hunger because they're still very hungry, fat men. Whereas, like, in the old world, they're made by the old ones to be more resistant yeah. to chaos. Yeah. So if you want, a, as just a thing going forward, the backstories for the, these races, you will very frequently find that there are many different backstories that are oftentimes conflicting with each other. Like Lost to the Age of Myth and, and, yeah, the, and age, eventually, the Age of Chaos just, now has just yeah. ruined it. And it's just become we'll like this is this is what the people nowadays in the setting think happened. It's probably wrong or at least only partially right, but there's only so many solid answers to give. That's part of the setting. But so they, they've declared the war. Is this at yeah. the same time as Archeon, Archeon, you know, boom, kicks in the door and he's just <laughs> doom, uh, doom, or the doom guy coming to like take on some furries, if you know what I mean? <laughs> just, yeah. Uh, a little bit before Archeon crept in, but chaos had been creeping in by this point. So Korkamorka got bored and was like, I want to fight everyone. Uh, so he just rampaged across the realms until Sigmar smacked him so hard he split back into Gork and Mork. Oh. And, yeah. Uh, quite the hard hit. And then they kind of centered it around the realm of beasts with the rest of destruction after they're all kind of corralled into there. Uh, next, Alariel decided to solely focus on defending her realm from Nurgle rather than the mortal realms as a whole. And that'll come to bite her in the ass later. Uh, Tyrion, Teclas, Malekith, and Marathi, meanwhile, left the Pantheon to go beat up Slaanesh. Uh, because Slaanesh, unlike the other gods, was had glut herself on elf souls and had to take time to digest them all. So she basically hid in a corner. And then the, the elven gods found her captured her in the realm between Olgu and Heish in this like weird shadowy light sub-dimension. Which one's Olgu? Is that the darkness? Olgu is, yeah, shadow and Heish is light. 
So they capture her in this weird sub-dimension between both of those and bound her with these massive pillars. She's not in the realm uh, of chaos. Chains. She's not. She was taken Ooh. out of the realm of chaos and locked in this realm. Because Ooh. while she was digesting the cool. she was defenseless. And while that, while they did, you know, take Slanesh out of the great game, uh, still other three chaos gods to deal with. And Tyrion and Teclis and Malekith decided to basically just go home to their own realms and create the elves from uh, fantasy as best they could. Which, you know, on the bright side means they'll get more factions eventually down the line. On the downside, that means three of the strongest gods are no longer actively fighting back the chaos incursions that are happening more and more. Uh, Grimnir, still dead, still shattered into pieces, so he's not helping. Uh, Grugni was, goes into self-imposed exile as the forces of chaos overrun the dwarf holds in the mortal realms. And funnily enough, Nagash is the last one to leave, uh, which might seem shocking, but on the way out, he basically kicks Sigmar's forces in the balls, uh, so very on-brand for him. Uh, betrays them and just stabs Sigmar in the back. And this all comes to a head at the Battle of the All Points, which is called that because, unlike pretty much anywhere else in the Mortal Realms, this is where you can access all eight of them from one spot. So Sigmar and Archeon take their armies and come to a head. Sigmar throws his hammer at what he believes is Archeon to finish him off quickly. It was an illusion, and his hammer gets lost in the warp. So Sigmar doesn't have his hammer, he has no more allies, and his army is falling apart around him. So he retreats to his realm of Azir, the heavens. And, you know, again, not great. It's called the Age of Chaos for a reason. Uh, ends in defeat, and he calls upon the elven gods to ensure that his realm is completely invisible to the machinations of chaos. And he basically just takes his ball and goes home. With the uh, the pantheon themselves, mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's kind of a like even though I guess they're all it's all mutual benefit, isn't it? They're kind of not really friends, but they kind of are like yeah, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of situation. In a, in a lot of cases, yeah, like Malekith still thinks Sigmar's this stupid barbarian who's playing at god, but. He's willing to work with him, at least for the time being, at least until it's stopped suiting his interests. So they were all previously, like, you said, when you say that he led his armies, I assume this is armies of, so Sigmar led armies of humans, right? Yeah, he led armies of mortals. So he, oh, not just humans then, more like other... It's, yeah, there were uh, elves and dwarves and everything still around, and... uh he would lead them into battle. He was very active, at least early on in the Age of Chaos and Myth. Are they, are the races quite scattered? Like so, that, so it's not just like homogenous in each realm. Are they? Is, they, it, uh, is it quite? S- sometimes yes, sometimes no. Uh, and a lot of times, like the Fire Slayers faction, very isolated. They live in their own warrior lodges. But that being said, uh, the great cities of the Free Guilds, which we'll uh, get to later as we they develop in the plot, have worshippers of every god, every race. Like, Sigmar is going to be the mainstay there, but you'll find worshippers of Tyrion, Teclis, Nagash, even Gorkamorka. Uh, they're kind of all over the place. So there's actually... So there's quite a lot of people, as in, like, mortal race. There's quite a... It's quite populous. 
when the age of chaos basically wrecks it yeah like, like there's actual uh, is is more there's more would you, so would you say there's more uh civilization than there was in the old world at the there's time? definitely is the mortal realms are oh, wow. larger than planets each individually and there's a lot more uh part of the reason the elven gods screwed off was because they noticed there weren't as many elves as there should be which is why they started freeing elven souls from slash when they captured her but even with that reduced number uh from what there should have been there was still a lot of elves a lot of dwarfs and a whole lot of humans so that's what you mean nothing by of, the scale is much. way bigger that's the part yeah. i always struggled with with uh aos was like i always thought um it was like the same numbers of like the old world but again i could see now it's like oh this is like it's, this, this is multiple old world level like they're an old yeah. world in each of these realms that's a yeah. lot yeah it's big that's kind of cool uh, there's, there's a lot to uh explore in the future yeah it's a lot of room for narrative to be made in but nice. now the age of chaos, Sigmar takes his ball, goes home, and things get worse. Uh, the Nur- uh, Nurgle invades the realm of life to capture Alariel and turn it into his own. Oh no! <laughs> We've seen starting. that before, haven't we? Yeah, he's uh, Alariel's destined for the jar. I'm afraid. Elven goddess gets kidnapped. Wow! Ugh. Oh no! Yeah, very original. Uh, Elven goddess of life at that. Oof. Uh, the dwarfs held on to their holds for as long as they could, but even that couldn't last, and many of the survivors became known as the dispossessed because they have no more homes. Uh, others fled into the skies and would become the Karajan overlords. Uh, more were, of course, the Fire Slayers, I mentioned a bit earlier, who worshipped the dead god Grimnir. They survived through a mix of just being you know, really good at fighting because they worshipped a war god. And on rare occasions, they would even contract themselves out to fight with Chaos. Because uh, they're obsessed with different. finding, yeah, they're obsessed with finding the shattered pieces of Grimnir in the Urgold, and if Chaos offers a high enough price, they're willing to work with them. That's kind of cool, actually, because dwarves and offense are a bit—they're like stubborn, goody two. They're, they're yeah, always they going to be on the side of good, whereas this is a more yeah. neutral gray kind of. Yeah, thing. these uh, these dwarves will do whatever it takes to get their god back. I like that. When you said the they ones were, retreated to the skies, the Caradron... Caradron overlords. As their holds were falling, they built these massive sky ships, and that's how they escaped chaos. They just went to the clouds. Damn, the old world should have thought about that. That's a good, yeah. way better idea. And, uh, and the rest of them became the dispossessed. Is that uh, a faction on the tabletop? I've never heard of that one. They're part of the, like, the cities of Sigmar, it's called, which is basically take the Empire of Man... And had a bunch of miscellaneous models from like the high elves, the dark elves, the dwarfs, and put them into that soup. So they're kind of people without a home. Like you said, dispossessed. They're like. Yeah, they're lacking a home and they live amongst the people of Sigmar now. You've seen the first Hobbit film? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're it's like, a, like, yeah, like when they're they like get the... kicked out of Erebor and they kind yep. of. They, they wander, but they do kind of gather for certain events. Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess not me. They didn't all gather to retake Erebor, but um, but they they kind of keep the connection. That's yeah, quite, that's cool. A lot like that. Uh, this is mostly in the realm of Shamon uh, or Kamon, however you want to say it. <laughs> Shamon. I don't. I don't know, man. Shamon. 
<laughs> oh, uh, Michael Jackson's uh, up above uh, <laughs> praising our Wama video. No. Good lord! And uh, this, they uh, they fell largely to Zinch. Uh, the realm of beasts was just constantly attacked by chaos. Uh, it did hold out a little bit better than most, though, uh, because the realm of beasts are where all the orcs and such are, and they were just having the time of their lives because chaos. They didn't need to go to the fight; the fight would come to them now. Uh, so chaos held out decently enough, or I mean, not chaos. The orcs and beasts held out decently enough against chaos. Uh, Archeon himself fought Nagash and did win. Uh, but he's he's the god of the dead. He didn't really kill him. He just kind of floated back to his capital and reformed himself. It's like a Game of Thrones, the um, Ironborn. That which is dead may never die. Mm-hmm. It's oh, like for, poor season like, eight. Real. I'm so sorry. Just the flashbacks <laughs> of season eight. Oh, but it's Pain. it's like it's like you kill him. Where's he gonna go? He's just gonna go home and come back. Why can't he die? I've always wondered that. Well, I, I guess he, obviously the real reason uh, is money and oh well, yeah, the real reason is said. plot. He's a main character. Although in Warhammer Fantasy, originally he invented necromancy. So if anyone's gonna know how to undo death, it's gonna be him. Maybe it's like um. Uh, there's a, there's a certain thing where, uh, you know, they couldn't kill the Gatan in 40k. It's because they only killed one of them, actually, fair enough. But um, it was because the Necron said that they had consumed so much life energy that they, they had become essentially part of the universe itself. And I wonder if Nagash is sort of the same where you can't destroy Nagash because he is part of the... F- he's absorbed so much. He's the fabric of literally death itself. It could be part of it, and as I'll talk a little bit about later, each of the gods of the realms are connected to their realm, so oh, that cool, could be cool. part of it. Spoilers, spoilers then. <laughs> too, spoilers, too early, yeah. Too early. Uh, but even with, you know, you can't really kill Nagash, his the realm of death, Shyesh, lost massive amounts of territory as cults were cropping up all over the place, because Nagash is just the worst person to be ruled by, so they figured chaos can't be that much worse than he is, uh, to the surprise of no one but Nagash himself, of course. Uh, that being said, again, he's the god of the dead. It only affected him so much because his forces don't need to eat, sleep, or breathe. So losing someone's home doesn't really matter to the thousands of skeletons Nagash is using to fight. Don't need to consume Warhammer content. Make sure you like yeah. the video, boys, yeah. if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Total chill, but so is Nagash, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, on a map, it would look like Nagash took a lot of losses in practical terms. He just fortified what he had left with his massive endless armies and waited for someone else to start fighting chaos. I do have a question about the Realm of Death, but I think I'll save that for when we uh, get to it later. But this is... So the Age of Chaos, is this... Like, how long? Is it, is it again, like, it's just considered, like, thousands it's, of years? Uh, a while. It's even... I think even less specific following of the age of myth it's as it's a it's a very long time though so when they uh, you say do, they get crumped like it's like crunked the official term um so the people like the the mortal races and like you know the gods they are it's not like a is it a quick fall or is it like this is a pyrrhic you know they have pyrrhic victories but then they just slowly start to just get whittled down and it's the dead are in the thousands of thousands I personally believe it's the last one, but as is a kind of a running theme for AOS, a lot of it is left rather vague, so you can create your own idea of what the setting is like. 
Uh, also, we can like also said, be- we can also do it. We can just basically discuss it, like what we're doing here. Then, like, yeah, as like the there's mystery. The, yeah, there's mystery. There's a lot of empty spaces you can fill into yourself. I like that actually because uh, like some. Fair enough. I have se- I have previously seen it as a negative, but a lot you know some things is always you know the 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 mystery of it. Like once the mystery is solved, it's like the missing Primarchs, isn't it? In forty k, yeah. like we're all we're all basically like being excuse me edged <laughs> essentially for <laughs> knowing that law. But I think once we did oh, know, Lord. I know, no, I'm so sorry. But um, <laughs> but like once we did know like what happened and who the missing Primarchs were, I think we'd be disappointed, wouldn't we? If we're honest, yeah. So this so is that's nice, a lot of it. This is like a nice change where it's, um, yeah, like purposely up to you again. Like also for storytelling, I imagine there's a lot of opportunity. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very cool. I believe the Age of Chaos lasts roughly 500 years. Oh, so not uh, not a quick not, fall, but still relatively no. for considering the the size of the the world, the realms. Yeah, although that being said, I think this is 500 years after Chaos, like, wins is when it starts. So ah. not, like, 500 years after they first show up, 500 years after Sigma retreats into Azir, and Chaos just starts running rampant. God, even uh, then so, it took 500. Wow. Yeah, so what happens is uh, Heish, uh, you know, we we just talked about Shyish, Death, Nagash losing, but it only does so much. Uh, Heish was just another shit show because... The Lumineth were very busy recreating the fall of the Eldar. So the elves are in the light. Which one is Sigmar's realm again? Heaven, uh, Azir. Heavens. What's the difference between light and heaven? It's kind of similar. Uh, heavens is. It's going to sound weird, like lightning, like it's like astronomy or astrology, like looking at the stars in the heavens. Light, oh, literally heavens. Yeah, like light is more like like literally light. Like purifying bright geomantic white light. Okay, okay. So light, the realm of light got messed up. Yeah, the the Lumineth, uh, Teclas, and Tyrion recreated the High Elves of old to the best of their ability, uh, and the High Elves then proceeded to recreate the fall of the Eldar uh, with oh. all of the fun, only only without the Slanesh demons being created. And then the Slanesh demons showed up anyway, because even though Slanesh itself was locked away. A lot of her demons weren't. Uh, so they had to contend with that. Tyrion and Teclas had to figure out how to save Heish. Uh, and they do manage it, but Heish is essentially locked off from the rest of the world for a while because they had to fix everything. Uh, the only realm that is completely held off from chaos without just locking itself away from everyone else was the Realm of Shadow. Uh, Malekith is indeed the only god to fight Archaon and win. Uh, the specifics of this are unknown, as the lore hasn't been delved into with Malekith much. But the suggestion is that either Malekith is one of, if not the strongest god in the setting, or being the god of the realm of shadow has given him some neat tricks up his sleeve. I think I heard the only one piece I do know, just from, because someone had mentioned it to me, where... I think, did he fuse with his dragon? Yeah, he's oh, a scaly now. He's a dragon man thing now. But is can he, like, inhabit a mortal? Like, can he change his form? Or is he, like, or the two he can, beings? He can become, combined? like, in solid, a being of shadow. Uh, whether beyond that or not, I don't know, because they haven't given him much lore. 
Which oh, so, is so he's so not annoying. been he's not been explored yet. Like, no, he's the focus has not been much on him yet. He's got a little bit of tidbits, but not much. Uh, and as for pretty much everyone else, uh, Sigmar initially allowed refugees to trickle in, but eventually at a certain point, he just had to close the realm off and purge any inside who could be vulnerable to chaos and then got to work on a secret project. Uh, during this time, anyone who survived outside of like Azir, Shadow, and any other holdouts basically survived in either highly isolated, highly fortified locations, uh, survived as nomads wandering from place to place to avoid chaos, or they just submitted themselves to chaos, and for 500 years after Sigmar retreated, this was how things worked. Or just straight up hid and just didn't yeah, get caught. Yeah, they just, they just hid and got lucky. Uh, and after centuries of labor, though, Sigmar's plan was as ready as it was going to be. It wasn't perfect, but now begins the Age of Sigmar. Uh, I don't think many people call it that in-universe. Some people might, uh, Sigmar's worshippers, but certainly not like Tyrion, Teclas, Malekith. They definitely don't call it that. Pro propaganda. Nag <laughs> yeah, N Nagash definitely doesn't call it the Age of Sigmar. Uh, but naming aside, it wasn't perfect, but Sigmar had created warriors that matched even Chaos's most powerful servants. The Stormcast Eternals, or as many people might call them, the Sigmarines, or that the funniest to me is the Ground Marines. Because <laughs> if you look at them, they're at least in models, if not in, in like lore, they're, they're space marines in fantasy. I was not impressed initially with their models, as in the original, like, basic ones of the yeah. Sigma Marines. But I think the more recent ones, like the one that looks... They look a little bit slimmer now, and they actually have, like, more kind of traditional... They're less just big. They're, they're less cosplay space Marines and more yeah. actually medieval armoured knights or warrior. So yeah. they're, they're, they're like, each one's like a warrior king, they look like, which is... It's getting better, I'll just say, and I'm much that's, more into that's it. That's... That's fair, though, to be honest, I've always liked them because anytime something has that golden face mask design, I instantly love it. That's like my kryptonite to just love a design. I I think uh, I, I think it's I think the helmet, to be fair, is the saving grace. I think the shoulders is what gets me just because yeah. they're, they're basically like space ring pads. But, That's fair. But that was also very much the intention of giving fantasy its own space marine iconic thing to look at. Also, to, it's an easier model to paint because it's... Bigger. Yeah, and that it'll get in the newcomers. Like, hey, easy to paint, a lot of flat surfaces. Here you go. They do look, they do look cool now, though. Some of the... I don't know which ones they are, but the one with the uh, spear and shield, that one is... I don't remember the unit name, but... I, I don't remember the name of it, about. but that one is dope to me. That I, I enjoy that one. Indeed. Um, but he created them by taking an individual who was about to go down standing against chaos to the last and sparing them away from certain death to be reforged with Sigmar's very own strength. And to top it off, they're given weapons and armor crafted from the core of the destroyed Warhammer world that Sigmar was once flying on. Ooh. And pretty much without warning, uh, the gates of Azir flung open and in great bolts of lightning, which... If you ever played Devil May Cry, uh, oh, Bear yes. of the Light, I can't oh, help but imagine God. that playing uh, Bury the Light, I Am the Storm that is approaching, and then thousands of thousands of supermen showed up to beat the snot out of chaos. I was like, and, that's honestly the best image <laughs> ever. Yeah. 
Where's, uh, where's it, Virgil? Where is he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you look at Six Stormcast Eternal Art, it looks like a walking power metal album cover. So this was, uh, when he said his armies marched out, as in, how would... How did he stop them from getting into his realm again? Did he l- say he locked the Heckless, gates? Uh, Tyrion and or the El- Malekith f- forged this magical wall around Azir, and I'm sure the Lizardmen, the Slan, who are also in Azir, had a hand in it uh, that prevented chaos from scrying in. Oh, so they, they, had, they had no idea this was coming. No, yeah. Sigmar hard-locked the place down. And then killed anyone who might be potentially chaotic inside of it so they couldn't open the gates. And the armies of Sigmar, I'm guessing, are in like huge, right? The, uh, at this time here, this is the yeah, he, pushback. He's had 500 years to create them, work on them. Uh, so the, he, he has his own space marine legions, essentially. He's throwing into the fray. Are they chaos. accompanied by mortals too? Or is it just they are. Them? Oh, well, that's uh, kind of cool. He, uh, those... On the tabletop, though, the old fantasy models that didn't get uh, replaced, you know, of the Empire, the High Elves, the Dark Elves that are formed into one faction, uh, those accompany the Stormcast Eternals to kind of garrison what they capture and fill in any holes as auxiliaries. Is the, te- is the technological state at the time kind of the same as what the old yeah. world was? So they're, yeah, they're like uh, they, brought, they brought it back up to that, yeah. Was it, has it been like that for a long time, or is that they reached uh, this? It was kind of like that for a while, and then the Age of Chaos happened, and it kind of stopped progressing for a bit because Coronate demons murdered everything. Also, kind of like in uh, 30k, 40k, where like the height of technology was previous epoch, and then they like they kind of possibly rediscover better weapons um, at some point. I wouldn't say the heights; more of it kind of stagnated. Because when chaos demons are rampaging across the land, you don't have much time to research. But they didn't lose much. There's certainly a lot of lost treasure and artifacts and stuff scattered about. But it wasn't so much as, like, they completely forgot how to learn things. So much as they stopped focusing on it and started focusing on what they knew how to do. Is it much more... I get the sense it's much more magical in terms of innovation rather than... Like yeah. straight up science, as in like you know, like as, dwarves of science. I feel like this AOS. Is, a, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, as befitting a magical setting, a fantasy setting, it's a lot more magical than sci-fi. Although the dwarves, especially the carriage and overlords in their sky cities, definitely a lot more sciency. Although what sciency is, by the definitions of a fantasy setting, is it science? Is it fake science? Eh. Or is it to the point of when? What's the quote, isn't it? Like, if people don't understand it to a certain level, it can appear like science can appear like magic in a way. That's probably some of it, but also some of it is no, this is just, it's just fucking magic. Oh, what's the, um, there's a setting, I can't remember which one it is, but like, basically, because magic works in the setting, like, people don't innovate to a certain level because they always, they're basically over reliant on magic. Willing to bet you're thinking of Eberron. I can't. I might might be that one. I don't know, but uh, I think it is, is. We say that's the same thing in AOS, where like magic is pretty, like like they don't make it like a like a gas lamp, will they? They'll they'll make it like a a magical torch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're kind of they won't their minds don't think the same way. They definitely it definitely hasn't replaced it. 
Uh, magic is oftentimes used instead of it, but they're still advancing technology. Like some of the cities in the mortal realms are industrial centers of science. Oh, so it's like a little. Like it depends on where you go. So maybe you could say it's like a, it's a little bit further than the old world, but like barely. Into- yeah. Okay. And if, cool. you, if you go to like the Lumineth, their cities, nothing but magical focus. Whereas if you go to the Carriage and Overlords, nothing but technological focus. Whereas, you know, the places in between those other realms have a bit of a mishmash. They're varying on the scale. So now, um, so now Sigmar's kind of, you know, he's kicked the door down. <laughs> you know, imagine Tenacious D. Um, do you know the song? <laughs> the, do you know the song "The Best" by Tenacious D? The best song in the world? No, no, no. It's just called The Best. Oh, like, to be I do the not. best, you gotta pass the test. You gotta make it to the top. Oh, I've heard oh. that. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that, probably also playing in the back. That was, Mary uh, the Light and Tenacious D. Yes. So Tenacious, so Jack Black's leading his armies uh, <laughs> across the mortal realm. Sorry, are they, they're mortal realms. Yeah, the no, mortal realms. I keep, thinking, I keep trying to say immortal. So uh, this, this a, is is this the end of the Age of Chaos, or is this like yeah, this is kind of the tail end of it. Uh, reality itself is beginning to almost break down under the strain of the chaotic corruption going through it, which is why Sigmar did it when he did. The his process wasn't a hundred percent, but it was now or never, and the Realm Gate Wars, or what they are known, are begins. Sigmar's objective was to recapture as many of those realm gates uh, that traveled between realms as he possibly could, which would not only allow, you know, supplies to be ferried back and forth with ease, uh, but for civilization to have a very solid gathering point to form around and regroup. And it was difficult, uh, but though through time and the efforts of the Stormcast and their allies... Every realm had some order presence solid once again. And for once in Warhammer, Chaos was on the defensive, not the other way around. I kind of imagine it like, um, does this make sense to you where, imagine it's kind of like they're archipelago islands and they basically have to land, like landing forces. And that's how they kind of take it in a way. But there's no like real, there's no like main land mass in terms of like, all the realms together. Magical D-Day is a very good way to think of the Realm Gate Wars and the Stormcast Eternals busting down the door. (laughs) That's actually, that's way better than my own (laughs) version. So this is, so that the Stormcast, I'm guessing each realm's like forces and their, the other gods as well, they yeah, like as the Stormcast are busting their way in and beating the hell out of chaos, the other realms kind of if not awaken, then start fighting again. Like Nagash is like, oh, hey, we're doing stuff now. Yeah, I'll activate. I'm not going to, you know, fight on your side against Sigmar, but I'll do things against Chaos. Kind of like Lord of the Rings, Third Age, with uh, the. Um, last it, yeah, like, of or, Men yeah, and Elves. Yeah, kind of like the last. Or was that? That's like Kinda. Second Age, isn't it? Well, well, this Kinda. Isn't, oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, more like. Whatever um, they call it, I don't remember. I just mean like the one with, like, with Aragorn. Like the time Aragorn arrives, you know, in uh, Gondor, it's not the height of their power, and they've been whittled down for ages. And then this is like a, you know, it's not Gondor full strength, but then it basically just kicks it all off and it renews. Yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of what it is. Um, and uh, for example, in uh, the realm of life, Alariel dies uh, because she just 
dug into her own realm and was alone. And Nurgle oh. had a field day with the realm of life. But she's the goddess of life, so you know, life, death, rebirth, however you want to think about it. She becomes this soul pod thing. And the Stormcast plant her soul pod into the ground, and she's reborn as a warrior queen. And together, her and the Stormcast manage to purge much of the realm of life of Nurgle corruption. Not all of it, but enough of it. Uh, in the realm of uh, Heish, the Lumineth, like I said, with Teclas are reinventing themselves and manage to largely purge chaos on their own as well. And the Lizardmen, and I have a story about Lord Croak for you, Hal. Oh, hit me. Uh, they can now see the future to a better degree than even Zinch. Uh, so they can now outplan Zinch. That uh, and basically, me. Yeah. Uh, they're very, very good at what they do now. And some lore suggests that this is their own great plan. Other lore suggests that the old ones of Warhammer Fantasy planned so far ahead that Age of Sigmar was taken into account and oh. planned for by the old ones. Oh man, that's like um, that's definitely like a yeah, I planned, yeah, I totally was meant to miss that shot because <laughs> yeah. you know, I was meant to get in your head for later on yeah. in the game. And then, uh, and yeah, and now whatever whatever you want to word, word it as, whether ever you want to believe uh, the Lizardmen now just show up in front of Chaos Armies. And uh, it's such a stu <laughs> stupid, <laughs> but like the fun kind of stupid where it's like, oh my God, that is ridiculous. But it's, they'll form themselves into, you know, on their pyramid spaceships, the lightning down into reality. And some of them don't do that. Some of them instead, once they form in reality, they form permanent colonies and terraform the land around Lustria. And there was one battle where in one of these conflicts, the, uh, the stars themselves formed themselves into the shape of a gritting frog. And the lizardmen beat the absolute hell out of chaos. I this that does make me happy. And who do you think that grinning frog who did that was? Pra hell? Praise be Lord. Praise Croak. be Lord Pepe Croak. On his, where he he's just. I know he doesn't have it in any art, but he must have a cigar at all times, and he's just like, you know, takes a couple of puffs and he's just like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna mess your day up. That's all. It's all he ever says. So he just, he just lightnings in and just takes a puff. I'm here to mess your day up, and it, it's it's game over. Yeah, well, uh, you can say cigar. I prefer tendies for Pepe. or a marshmallow, like like I have or on my a marshmallow, stick. like you've got on your stick. My little my power stick, my wand. <laughs> uh, it wasn't a complete stomp. For example, when Archeon was like, "All right, I see how it is." Uh, he wiped out an entire Stormcast to a man. So the uh, the war the Warhammer Age of Sigmar version of the Lost Leg Legions wasn't, you know, the Emperor had to purge them. It was Arcan was sick of their shit and just wiped them out. Is he more powerful in this? He everyone setting? is more powerful. Is he a demigod like, or is he? He is easily a demigod, and indeed many of the forces of chaos worship him as a god 
Ah. Some of the Slanesh worshippers even worship him as a replacement Slanesh. Other, because, you know, Slanesh is gone as far as they're concerned. Others view him as just Archaon, another god. Does he and, Does he patron the Horned Rat as well? Uh, each of the Chaos Gods, Nurgle, Corn, uh, and Zinch, gave him their blessing, except for the Horned Rat. Uh, when the Horned Rat went to bless Archaon, he spit in its face. He spit in his face? Archaon spit in the Horned Rat's face. Jesus, that's ballsy. Uh, so, not only ballsy, but as for the power level of Archaon and the other gods in the setting, that they're able to fight him to some extent, quite high. Uh, the power level is definitely over 9,000. Def- this is... Is this literally like we've gone to Dragon Ball Super and everyone is just yeah, we've like go, planet We've gone killers. to Dragon Ball Super where power means nothing and also everything and everyone has a new form and it means nothing and everything because this is a war game setting on crack. I'm sorry, can I just... I have to mention the the absolute genius who put under the YouTube video of um Dragon Ball Super thing that said... If I had ever seen Goku, Freezer, and Android 17 fighting together, i slap you so hard uh, in make <laughs> Dragon Ball GT canon. That's, uh, yeah, that's Age of Sigmar. It's, it's off the walls. Jesus Christ. And that is the Realmgate Wars. Chaos is on the defensive. It's, uh, and early on, accepting wherever Archaon goes, because wherever Archaon goes, it's kind of a stomp. Uh, but aside from that, you know, chaos is actually losing ground for once, which I fucking love. I gotta say, how long has the realm wars been going on or is that unspecified Uh, again? Another thing unspecified, uh, though it's long enough to where each realm aside from shadow, because shadow never really got corrupted, was able to regain footholds. So So it was millennia most likely. If centuries, if not millennia, as long as you think it would take. Although, personally, I honestly, if you'd like my opinion, I think this took place over a single century, if that. Maybe longer, if you want it to be, but I personally think it was much shorter. I think Sigmar threw open the gates, and then the Stormcast went to town on Chaos. Makes sense, makes sense. But again, up to up to the individual to decide. Uh, that's as I've said re- said a lot. What if even that, saying time time probably doesn't work in the same way? Like, they don't they're not all on the same compass or so same no, clock, uh, are they? Indeed, not roughly similar, but gotcha. In the uh, you know what, I'll save that for later. Uh, but in one of the novels that I've basically spoiled of who's back, but we'll pretend I didn't. Uh, one of the characters, one of the dwarfs, says that you can go 500 days in the realms of Shyish, or fi- like centuries in Shyish, and not a day will pass in the Age of Fire. Oh, so like when I so me saying it, it happened over centuries or millennia makes no sense because it could have no it, the war could be uh, finished up in one, and then the other one it hasn't. It's they've only just and the other the yeah, first it's step. barely started. It's barely but a day. But at the same time, it's also been a century. It's weird. It's still cool, though, to be fair. It's, it's what I think it does really well, is it makes it look like the, like the ultimate high fantasy setting. Because everything is this grand epic myth in the Age of Sigmar. Which, while, yes, dating it down and categorizing it is 
just not happening. It's it's got its own charm where it's like this is all just this mythic tale, not like a history. It's more like the Greek myths of you know Zeus rebelling against Kronos, that kind of thing. Don't go for like, and this happened in fifteen hundred twenty three BC. Zeus overthrew Kronos. Go for in the land before you know the age before Sigmar, chaos invaded, and now Sigmar's back, baby. That's kind of how you should approach Age of Sigmar. If that makes any sense. It does, but I just, in my head, it's like a bit mind-blowing, so. <laughs> yeah, and it does have its downsides, but you know, it, I think it has its upsides as well, uh, if you want me to give my take on it. Uh, but after this is known as the Realmgate, lore, Realmgate Wars, these massive gains by the Stormcast and their forces of order kind of lose steam. It's not that, you know, the Stormcast, it's just like, and now the switch is flipped, Chaos is back on the def- or on the assault, but it's it's just more like the the Order Blitzkrieg has kind of lost some steam to it. Uh, we're not quite at 1945 Germany. We're more at like 1942 Germany. Like once a war loses its momentum, you struggle. And then yeah, I guess they fortify at this point. Then. Yeah, the the uh, the forces of order and death and dest- well, not destruction because they're not fortifying. They're just going hog wild. But the other, as many people as can, fortify the gains they've made and begin to weather the storm that will no doubt come. And Nagash has decided he's done getting the snot beat out of him. And sure enough, he basically gets half of second edition all to himself or himself to rake everyone over the coals. Was he, did he previously ally himself again with Sigma here or did he just nope. like ignore him? Nope. When he was reconquering. reconquering. Sigmar tried to form a truce, and Nagash said, up yours, buddy, and murdered many of the Stormcast that went to form a truce. I bet he's... Can he steal the souls of Stormcast? So, funny thing about that, the Stormcast eternal reforging process. When a Stormcast dies, their souls, instead of just dying, rocket back to Azir. Uh, to be once again reforged by Sigmar. Is that not... That's really not... When when someone dies in Age of Sigmar, I'm guessing it's not normal that the soul returns to... Does the soul all... Do they return to their own realm, or do they all go to the realm of death? That's... Again, it depends on the person. Most of them, which, again, I know I keep saying this, but I'll cover when I get to the realm of death, they will go to their own afterlife. The Stormcast Eternal go to Sigmar. They are intrinsically connected with him. That being said, Nagash doesn't like that because in his eyes, everyone should be gone to Nagash, not Sigmar or the Chaos Gods or the Elves. That's not fair. That's not how things work. When you die, you go to Nagash. So he's not a fan of this. Such is the power of Nagash. <laughs> Such is the power of Nagash. Every time you hear that quote, it's like, wow, that is... That's the only thing that... Mwah. That's the only Perfect. quote that makes me want to bash my brain against a wall. <laughs> it's so <laughs> stupid. Uh, you may say it's stupid. I say, I think the Warhammer 40k villains need to step up their evil villain game. Because I hear Such is the power of Nagash, and I'm like, well, goddamn, I think I know who's in charge now. And it's... Definitely not the the great four chaos gods. 
Such it's as the, the bone pulp. <laughs> such as the power of pancreas not working. <laughs> <laughs> Saying it out loud makes it sound so funny. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, but this begins the Soul Wars, and Nagash is he's done screwing around. He's done getting made fun of. And he creates his Black Pyramid, and then makes a Again? lot more Black Pyramids. Yeah, he's not done. He makes more than one. And then he makes them upside down and flying. <laughs> so, someone is someone smoking something, man. Uh, to be fair, you'd, uh, you'd think that this meant the Skaven you know, can't ruin it this time. They can't dig underneath it. Yeah, they can't dig underneath it, but, uh, you know, things happen. And fair's fair. Chaos gods themselves show up, actually, uh, to this ritual he plans. Hello, everyone. Colin here. Uh, if you're wondering why there's suddenly a cut to this, diabetes happened. My blood sugar decided that it was the perfect time to go to 44 and that's not good. Uh, that's actually quite bad. Uh, but we're back now. And also, same reason, if you're wondering why, towards the last couple minutes before this, my thoughts seem to turn into scrambled eggs. Uh, low blood sugar, that's why. Uh, so last off, we left before, again, brain kind of started struggling there a bit. I was talking about the Black Pyramid he made again, because yes, he made more. Like I said, made more and then flip them upside down, because, you know, what else are you going to do? And he planned to draw all of the magic in the mortal realms into Shyesh so he could absorb it and become the ultimate god of everything, really. I can't believe he's never tried that before. That's absolutely shocking. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's almost like he's copied some homework here, hasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's his own homework, so, you know, can't be that bad to copyright. It's like going in my own video and bringing, like, bringing back a previous bit of voice work <laughs> and then tr- throwing it into a new video and then just not <laughs> acknowledging it. Oh, just like, no, this is the original. What are you talking about? What do you mean? I made it up myself. <laughs> uh, but uh, second verse, same as the first, as it were, because the Skaven ruin it again. Uh, because, of course, they exist to make sure that Nagash can never, ever have nice things. Uh and what happens is this uh, Eve the Chaos Gods themselves even showed up via avatars because failure or not, this was a pretty big thing he was doing. So what happened was they showed up in their avatars and Nagash laughed at them. He's like, I'm going to replace all of you. And then they just take turns laughing at each other as the ritual just keeps screwing up. So Nagash laughs at them like, I will become the big evil bad guy and replace the Chaos Gods. And then they laugh at him because the Skaven cocked it all up. And then he laughs at them because he considers even the screw-up to be a success. Because, you know what? He might be an evil, horrible person, but you can't keep Nagash down. Uh, so what happened was, though he didn't become all-powerful, the ritual did succeed in a couple things. Namely, it covered all of reality in death magic. All oh. of the mortal realms. Oh, no. Uh, and this had several uh, symptoms of this issue, we shall say. Them being, uh, one of the biggest ones, especially because it's a tabletop thing as well, endless spells. So imagine how you're playing D&D or something, and you cast Fireball, right? Yeah. Uh, Imagine the Fireball just doesn't turn off. Oh. That's like a... Uh, 
<laughs> oh and no. It, and it also has an animalistic mind to itself and can move around. Oh, is that one of those things a- where like someone th- like uh hits a baseball and it just doesn't come down it just rockets into the atmosphere or something like that yeah yeah except the baseball has a mind of its own and a lot of the time it's malicious damn that's that um a, that's that not endless spells so magic uh, was cool. uh magic was not cast freely i guess or it wasn't cast without thought yeah uh well maybe at first it was and then people caught on to the fact that hang on a minute every time i cast fireball it it keeps going it doesn't stop that would be really horrific for certain spells like imagine what's the one like you can um balthazar could turn stuff into gold but then just won't and then it keeps spreading on the floor and it's like it's like King Midas. Yeah, like, like, like grab the children, take them out of the room, and don't let them touch the spreading gold yeah. spell. That's so bad. that that happened. Uh, worse, the night haunt. Worse, a kind of a thing. The night haunt, the uh, spooky, scary ghost faction, the like wraiths and whatnot. That shivers down your spine. Yep. <laughs> uh, because you know they're ghosts, they're empowered by death magic. In places of high concentrations of death magic, they can start rising out of the ground. Problem is, now all of reality has high concentrations of death magic. So across the mortal realms, billions of them began rising and attacking settlements. Billions? Billions, with a B. Oof. A lot of them. So actually, this is, this is an actual zombie apocalypse in AOS. Ghosts? But yeah. Bas- or basically a... Undead apocalypse. Ghost, yeah, undead ghost zombie whatever apocalypse. Now that is a storytelling opportunity right there. Yeah. And uh, on top of that, Nagash unveiled his latest project, and at the time the newest army to Age of Sigmar, the Osiarch Bone Reapers. And if the Stormcast are the ground marines, these guys are the bone marines. <laughs> that, <laughs> I'm the aware. That, the fact that I'm you aware. said that out loud. You know? I'm aware. Look, you look at their models... They are, they are good, though. They are cool. They look awesome, but they are the Bone Marines. To our grandchildren listening to this, we did say Bone Marines. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and this was known as the Necroquake. And pretty much every faction, chaos, destruction, order, doesn't matter who, just constant siege by the armies of death. Uh, and it only finally came to a halt as Teclas and the Lumineth finally make their appearance on the tabletop and in the Mortal Realms. Uh, Teclas, you know, he's he's a smart guy. He figured Nagash is going to try some crap eventually. I just know it. Is he your favorite? I feel like he might uh, be. Him or Tyrion? Between the two of them? Like, or do you just, have a favorite? Because I know you, lo- you, you love like your... like me elves. Your, sorry, A-elves. Excuse me. Elves. Elves. <laughs> you love your elves. So which, do you have like a favorite character in AOS? Or uh, oh, I mean, Gotrick. <laughs> Oh, true, true. Excuse me, my heresy. Again, we'll, we'll we'll get to that. But uh, in terms of elves, though, is it uh, honestly probably Eltharian. Good choice, be fair. Good choice. Uh, he's pretty awesome. Uh, but for the you know the Teclas and all that stuff, Teclas would somehow uh, beat up Nagash so hard that he can't form a body outside of his capital city. Uh, so good job, Teclas. How did he? How did he do it? Uh, Teclas is a real damn good wizard. And by that, I mean he could probably fight Magic Magnus the Red and win. He is Whoa. OP BS hacks wizard. 
how do they invade the realm? Like, didn't they just they appear realm gate, like realm gate travel? So I, I feel like I saw a picture of like a floating pyramid, and I thought, wait, isn't that? I didn't know the elves had like floating things too. The uh, I've, seen, I've seen the artwork. That's all I know. The elves have like some weird crystal, like crystals, because Heish is all about uh, geomantic stuff and nice, smooth surfaces and like geo- geometric stuff. So they've got every. They all have some weird stuff going on. So you see, so Teclas is just basically Randy Orton slithering yeah. out. Teclas is just going to solve all of the reality's problems. That is his job. Um, so he does that. Teclas does get cursed a little bit, but again, well, at least compared to fantasy, he's still doing better than he was there. So is you know, the Nagash curse like the um, oh, the descendants of oh, who's the Anarian? Anarian, different like that kind of curse level. It's it's not quite like a bloodline curse. It's more like you have death magic curse. You don't do magic as good, but so not he's doing a little magic he's is, a little ill. He's a little ill, but that like Tecla, like Frodo just, that, with the uh, life, like Frodo with the um the Morgul blade. <laughs> oh yeah, but, but then he's yeah. not he's not quite Nisbjorn or horse and whist to Rivendell level. But yeah. he's like, oh, this is oh, this is cringe. Oh, like, oh, I'm not I'm not I'm not feeling so good, Mister Stark. <laughs> oh no, Mister Stark. Uh, and so with uh, the Necroquake is almost over, and what happens is Alariel. Uh, finally does something relevant to the plot and ends the Necroquake by casting her own version of it that floods reality with life magic instead. Like kind of cancelling it out. Yeah. Uh, Of course, while this is happening, Bellacor decides, yeah, I'm going to join Age of Sigmar now. I'm going to be part of the plot. And just starts smashing realm gates to flood reality with chaos storms. Which has a... Who made the realm gates? I always want. I'm wondering that now. Uh, was no one? Does no one know who made the realm gates? Some of them are don't know. I believe some of the gods might have made some in old times, but I think most of them, if not honestly, all of them are just natural. Or is it? They're not like they're not like actual like stone gates, where it's like a little portal in it. They're kind of a bit different. Some are exactly that. Others are weird, like that dream thing. You know, fall asleep, you wake up in another oh. realm. It's if you can think of a conceivable, like weird fantasy thing, and want to make it a way to travel, it's a realm gate. Oh, is it? So maybe on it's, the other hand, if you want it to be a webway portal, it can be a webway portal. And is it more like maybe the original gates are like the weird tree one, but then people over time have like forge like specific i guess doors on the gate if you know what i mean to help channel if you know what i mean maybe that's where uh, it came some in. some could be because a few wizards are powerful enough to just travel between places without realm gates but others it's uh others are again the weird metaphysical whatever the hell others are created but maybe they weren't created by anyone who's still around it could have been lost to time it's more the age of sigmar you can Want, let the setting be what you want it to be, kind of vibe. So when when the writers need a realm gate, 
it's when the there. writers need a realm gate, there is a realm gate. F- fair enough. To be fair, with Warhammer 40k, it's like <laughs> they they need to get somewhere really quickly. Wow, I can't believe that webway portal is still open and it's not yeah. been corrupted by chaos. That's shocking. Or wow, I can't believe the warp travel worked in a way that it was only one day since we left. Yeah. It, it, the, the writer's years. the logic of the the, the writer's logic. <laughs> uh, it, it it's part of Warhammer. We love it. It's not meant to make sense. We're, we're playing with our plastic toys as yeah. men on the tabletop. I don't know why we're overthinking it. Yeah, well, to that's uh, the whole reason we're here. So. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I, I got us. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Bellacor Chaos Storms, which not only you know chaos is bleeding into reality, which means demons are going to be a thing. Uh, he also destroyed the Slans' future-seeing devices, uh, so a lot harder for them to outplan each now. Also, oh, they, they made order. devices, kind of like the tablets, kind yeah, of. Yeah, like the the eye Slan. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so he broke at least some of them, so a lot harder for them to see the future. And these chaos storms had a very bad side effect of preventing Stormcast souls from returning to Azir. Oh, uh, oh! I don't shoot. I think I forgot to fully mention it. Uh, I did mention how Nagash wants all the souls when he dies. The problem with the Stormcast forging process is that when they die, Nagash takes a little bit of their souls each time. He's like, "Hey, that's mine." Uh, so after the first reforging, they start losing their memories. Uh, and if it happens enough times, if they die and get reforged enough times. They lose enough of their soul that they eventually become hollow husks, pretty much just filled with the essence of Azir. So they literally become automatons, essentially. Yeah, automat- like automata of Sigmar's wrath, pretty much. So also, that's an interesting idea for it, because then it is, in a way, like the bad, bad word where people are in chains, if you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of... Well, I guess are their bodies are... They have more bodies technically but immortal souls the stormcast so their their bodies can die i think they can die but they get reforged they come back although i don't know a new body is made for the soul yeah yeah okay okay Uh, so but with this bellicor storm going on well they're just kind of locked off so if they die they get caught by chaos not great uh so that being said they do develop measures to counter them. They're not perfect, but they invent a special kind of Stormcast armor who, when the Stormcast dies, it explodes in a cloud of energy so big that it pierces through the clouds temporarily. So that's the response to this. Bellacor's stuff. Not perfect, but it's something. So they, they become like glitter bombs. Basically, yeah. Matt, and Matt, where's where's Mark Rober right now? Oh, good lord! I know he's he's uh, he's in the uh, setting helping f- <laughs> the the uh, storm cars get back to their home. What a then, weird then, what a weird sentence! Excuse me. Wow. And, and finally, we get to the air of the beast. The last major plots thing happening. Uh, Alario's ritual to go back to that uh, did a couple of things. Uh, life magic spread throughout all the realms, which, you know, death magic's gone. But it energized the realm of Gur, the realm of beasts, to the point that everyone in it, remember they're mostly orcs? Mm-hmm. You, you cracked up all of the orcs. They're ready to fight now. 
because they uh, got it also, renewed with life. Oh no! Yeah, and it also woke up the god Kragnos, who's basically this locked-up god of destruction, who's a god of destruction. So he's going to start destructioning things and just smashing the shit out of things. He's not an orc. Does he not? Nope. Does he look like an orc, or is he? No, he looks like a beastman. And in fact, when his model was teased, people thought he was a beastman model. He wasn't a beastman model. Is he? Uh, oh, I think I might have seen it. He's like a. He's a weird like stag centaur. He's like the stag centaur thing. That again, you look at it and go, "Oh, that's a beastman model." But no, he's not for the beastman because the beastman don't get anything nice. Oh man, poor uh, Torox, the brass bull. That would oh. be a that'd be a sick model, but that would. God, that would uh, be like, but, like the new Angron model, but oh, someone should convert the Angron model into a Torox. That'd be sick. Oh, I'm lose uh. it. But as for Kragnos, Marathian Lord Croak managed to stop him, but not, like, kill him. Uh, they just kind of trick him into walking through a portal so he's someone else's problem. Which, to be fair, I think he just warps in front of, like, a chaos, like, war camp and just obliterates it. Which, I mean, fair is fair. Problem solved, but Kragnos isn't gone. He's just angry somewhere else. Uh, and that's usually how people deal with him now in the setting. They send him somewhere else to be mad. It's like send. It's like a child rampaging in Walmart, and then you just basically shove him <laughs> into another aisle. <laughs> you shove him another while and walk away as fast yeah. as you can. What? What? Um. Obviously, oh, uniforms. It blue shirts or blue jackets they wear in Walmart. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Just like you call the blue <laughs> Marathian, Marathi, and um. Lord Croak and there's, there's like the little blue uniforms and shoving yeah, him into there's it. A, there's a Kragnos in aisle 11. Oh man, I've never even been to a Walmart. So. <laughs> so. And, uh, two though, speaking of Marathi, uh, I said she's not a god yet. She's now a god in the setting. Because as it turns out, her faction is called the Daughters of Cain and their whole religion is Marathi found Cain's heart from the old world and was... Worshipping it and forming cults around it to revive Cain. Except she lied. She was kind of siphoning all the belief power going to Cain into herself. To become a god on her own. And combine this with the fact that she entered Slanesh on her own. And started eating Phoenix King's souls. She entered Slanesh. Excuse me. What? <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, uh, hey yo. Hey, yo, You're this also is not going to be a fan of this next sentence I wrote, because while she was in Slanesh devouring Phoenix King's souls, uh, her, she found Anarian. He, she Ooh. found his soul. Um, and she hesitated from devouring him, because this is actually really depressing. He, she was the only person, or he was the only person she ever loved. Even over uh, her son? Even, I believe, even over Malekith. Damn, man. Uh, and Anarian's response to this was to cut her in half while they were all up in Slanesh's guts. Uh, and her soul was cut in half into a beastly form and a beautiful elven form. Uh, but either way, she's a proper god now. Uh, she immediately takes over a city Sigmar controlled. They hash out a peace deal, but now order is even more fractured. And as just a, a last couple peacekeeping things... Again, just as a keep in mind, this is not every single bit of lore. It's just been long enough, and there's a lot of lore in Age of Sigmar. So go read up on it as a list. Though, a couple peacekeeping things before we talk about the realms. Uh, Hashid is back. You know the Chaos Dwarfs? 
at the moment they're pretty popular because Total Warhammer had that treaser. I know Hashut the name, essentially. That is the uh, evil chaos dwarf god. Uh, well, we'll have worship. to talk about him sometime, I think. We will, uh, but for those of you interested in him in Total Warhammer or just in general fantasy, he's back, and so are the Chaos Dwarfs, and he's even got some human followers now. And of course, most importantly, if you are a fan of a certain book series, rejoice, because Gotrick motherfucking Gernison is still alive in the mortal realms. Yes. The world My blew up. man. And it still didn't kill him. Brian Blessed is just yelling somewhere. Going, oh, it's. Yes! I started listening to those audiobooks and it is wonderful. I know Felix, sorry, I take it. Oh, no. Sorry, he's, uh, I shouldn't have said anything. Very sad. Uh, he's very angry at Grimnir because, as far as he's concerned, Grimnir cheated him out of an honest death. And now he's in this strange world where they don't call dwarfs dwarfs, they say Duarden. It's actually in the audiobook, Gotrick makes a point of like, what the fuck is a Duarden? Dwarf. Dwarf. I'm a dwarf. What do they think of him? Is he a god? At first they think he's goddamn insane. And then, even worse for Gotrick, he hates Grimnir. Uh, some fire slayers think he's Grimnir reincarnated. Uh, um, he just wants to find oof. Felix and his old axe. And they keep thinking he's their god reincarnated. And for a couple of reasons that I'm not going to get into for spoiler reasons... They might not be that far off the mark. Oh, and that no. really doesn't make Gotrick happy. He's just, he's just, br- brother's just trying to have a break. Yeah. <laughs> the universe is just, nah. If there's any people who deserve a break, it's Gotrick and Felix, and neither of them get it. I know, that makes me, that's what the, the end times, that's the saddest part of the end times. But oh. that is the plot of AOS for... Wow, that's a lot <laughs> to take in. Really, really quickly, to cover the mortal realms, are there any pressing questions? Uh, I think I have a general, quite a good idea now about what's going on. The only I, the only question I might have is uh, with Marathi. Where, where is Marathi? Is she in the same realm as Sigma, or is she in her Even, own? So all of the gods have worshippers across the realms. Uh, but Marathi's main ones are also in uh, Olgu Shadow. Oh, so she's kind of in. She she doesn't have like a home base, I guess, or she's just like she travels around. <laughs> she gets around, so Marathi gets yeah, around. She, she, Marathi gets around she's mostly in Olgu Shadow, but she has played outposts all over the goddamn place. Uh, other than that, I think I'm I'm ready to learn more about the uh, the realms because this I love. Especially like in the environmental stuff, that's mm-hmm. my ja- that's my jam. I love I love that kind of description. Hit me, hit me. I'm ready. All right. So there are eight of them, and they're based on the old winds of magic from fantasy. Like I said, you've got light, shadow, life, death, fire, heavens, metal, and beasts or amber. Uh, collectively, they are known as the mortal realms, and each of them has a god who embodies that realm, and they're intrinsically linked. Uh, so the gods doing good, and the, or the realms doing good. The gods doing good. The realms doing bad. Gods probably doing bad. Did the gods forge <laughs> the realms, or did they just link with these realms? Like when the, you said the they, the serpent they, dragon thing at the beginning, they linked based on their 
incarnate status in the end times for the most part. The Winter Magic like, they were bound to. Yeah, like in the end times, Teclas bound the Winds of Magic to certain individuals. And for the most part, those individuals became the gods of the new mortal realms. Not all of them, because Balthasar Gelt actually shows back up as a Stormcast Eternal, but he's not the god of Jamon, common, whatever the fuck. Shamon. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but... I was going to say then, does that mean, in a way, they don't really... Like, it's not really their realm. The realm is just, like, more like... Th- part of them in a in a way it's like more like inverse if you know uh, what i mean like um sigmar is heavens but it's not because it's not because of sigmar that the realm of heavens is like that it's the realm of heavens is like like with nagash i said earlier like like um sigmar's it like intrinsically tied to the realm itself so therefore it's more like the realm influences him if you know what i'm saying uh, I think it depends. I think, like, I think they just kind of got matched up with the fitting realm for them. It's, it's basically, it's a, it's a point of view, isn't it? <laughs> depends how you uh, feel yeah, about it. I, there's, yeah, that's, which I know in a lot of ways is unsatisfying as a narrative answer, but. Well, maybe it's just not tackled then in that sort of. There is way. also some of it is mysterious and some of it is, again, just age of also not an in-universe reason, but Games Workshop had these characters and want to kill them off, so. Now they're the new gods that have been changed around to fit. I guess also it's technically whatever the truth is, it's in the age of myth, which is, mm-hmm. again, so long in the past that you'd actually have to ask the god like what happened to even know, because no one else and would know. And even then they might not actually know. Like uh, the dwarf god Grugni and, you know, the white dwarf. Uh, oh, yeah. They... Sorry. No, not Snorri. Yeah. Snorri knows by something. <laughs> I have Snorri no. knows by something. The other Snorri. Yeah, it's uh, the other Snorri. Uh, they actually know each other from the you know from the previous world. They know they were both dwarves, but they forgot what their relationship was to each other. So they each call each other grandfather. Oh. So like even the gods don't remember everything because things have been going on for so long that even their memories aren't perfect. So so Sigmar's not like he's still kind of. It's, I guess that's why it's like Greek God, isn't it? They're not like, oh, and then I remembered everything forever and then I became even yeah. more powerful. It's just, they kind of stay a similar kind of yeah. power. Yeah, like they, they do remember a lot of it. Like the whole thing with the Lumineth Realm Lords is Teclas and Tyrion were trying to recreate the High Elves. But a lot of it isn't like perfect memory. Because like, it's just so long. It's just so long ago. Okay, that's kind of cool though. Uh, but anyway, as the Mortal Realms themselves... Uh, they are that weird chart thing I showed you. That's not actually helpful at all. Oh yeah, the one there, with the there is some organization to it. So the way it works is, sh- death is below all of them. It is the underworld, so it's technically under all of them. Oh my god, this is Thor: The Dark As World with all the discs. Yeah, this is literally. Are they like disc worlds? Where it's literally in Thor: The Dark World where they're kind of like discs and they all line up. They're like stacked. Kinda, yeah. Uh, but, not, but not exactly. Not exactly. Um, as uh, you get... Or, pardon me. Uh, Azir is above all of them, for it's the heavens. And Olgu and Heish both circle around the realms, forming the night and day of the mortal realms. 
Oh, that's that's kind of hard to imagine. Yeah, but, but I'm kind of with weird it. And metaphysical, and in between all of them is what's known as the etheric void, which is basically just pure magic. Do not go there. It is pure, unfiltered, raw magic. Not even like the realm of chaos. It's just pure, unadulterated magic. Is there do not go there. You will disintegrate. Is there a sun or moon? Uh, Heish is essentially the sun. Uh, although the problem with that is Heish also has the spirit of its own moon. So there's a lot of weird metaphysical stuff going on. It's, it's one of those things where you're not meant to think too hard about it, I guess. Yeah, it's like I said, Age of Sigmar is structured as a myth. It's one of those things, do not think about it. It's going to make your head hurt. There's probably not a good answer. It's, it's not meant to be viewed from an outside, like, 3D perspective, I guess. No. Like, it, 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 like it, a map, saying something that has a map doesn't make sense in Age of Sigmar. Because it won't yeah, like, be like that forever. Or, or even like saying, like, this Greek myth doesn't make sense. It's not supposed to make sense. It's a myth. Okay, okay. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, as for each realm, some common-ish characteristics. Towards the center... They're, the realms are each what you would think like when you hear their name, but kind of to a mild degree. So what I mean by that is in the realm of Akshi, fire, in the center, it's livable, like there's going to be arable land and whatnot, but it's going to be really hot. Uh, but as you get to the edge of the realms and closer to that aetheric void, it becomes more and more just raw magic and unlivable. I thought For they, example, are they not technically infinite then? Not technically, but they're functionally infinite. Games Workshop says they're like they're nearly infinite, which means for narrative purposes, they're as big as they need to be. So but there is most theoretically them, an end to them. Most of them are most of like all the realms is technically uninhabited then, just by Ye pure scale. Yeah, but okay. they're massive. So Wow, this is still uh, plenty to explore. It's <laughs> a lot to wrap my head around, but I'm kinda yeah. with you, so and uh, so, like, in Akshi, you get closer to the edge, it becomes nothing but magma and volcanic eruptions and just pure fire until you get to that aetheric void. Oh. And that's just Akshi. I kind of get it. So, like, the central part, when you say center, I'm guessing that's near realm. Near, yeah, realm a lot gate. of the realm gates. So I'm There's going to be realm gates even farther out there, but no one's going to go to those because you just die. I'm guessing that's because when... So, quote-unquote, center is because... With all the other magics, perhaps possibly some of them coming through the realm gates, that sort of neutralizes the ground maybe a little bit. So that's, that's what makes actually it livable. Not a not a bad theory. Uh, I haven't read that, but honestly, that's a really good explanation for it. It would make that's the only way I could rationalize it. Like, I guess make sense if you know what I mean. Because I can imagine, I guess all of the magics together kind of cancels out into like a neutral thing. So maybe, maybe that's what makes it slightly more habitable. Not a bad way to look at it. Uh, and But yeah, Edge, it gets more and more weird as you go. For example, in the realm of life, if you get close to the edge of the realm, you'll find like living rocks and mountains. And if you go too far out, you may damn well fuse with the realm itself. Oh, that's Which, uh, pretty... Rather uh... unpleasant. Are the only, so you said the fire realm and the life ones here, they're not just super homogenous there, right? So when I say fire, there's like, it's not all volca volcano. There's sometimes like deserts and 
Yeah, like it'll be like deserts or stuff like that, and just, the realm of life. Like you know, it's not all just like pure jungle, super lush. Could be oceans, rainforest. swamp. Could be, yeah, it could be and... oceans, swamp. It could be like grasslands and super vibrant plains. So they're quite varied, like even yeah, within the, the realm. Yeah, even within a single realm, there's all sorts of different terrain. But there's a general tone, like like yeah. the rock in the fire one is like it's usually volcanic rocks and yeah, like there'll be themes, but like any variety you can think of using that theme will exist somewhere in the realm. I'm guessing also the plants and animals are similarly themed as well. Yeah, like like salamanders. Like is that for like all the realms? Like you wouldn't find like you you would only find kind of fiery like you know, desert, maybe animals in the fire realm, you wouldn't really find, or maybe you would find something similar in the life realm, but then it's just a much more plain and it's not less, it's more lifelike rather than fire. Yeah. You might find some similar and maybe on rare occasions, some beasts might somehow travel across the realms, but for the most part. Oh yeah. Yeah. True. Um, but yeah. Uh, and just for some more general weirdness in the realm of beasts, the entire realm down to the crust is alive. So, oh. like, like the realm of beasts, because it's the wild, untamed realm. The whole thing is alive. Like, the continents are creatures. Some of them are much more... I'm guessing some of the realms are much more paired, if you know what I mean. Because I'm thinking of... Because like, if, when you say that, I think of the life realm. But I'm guessing, like, there's a thing where, like, obviously shadow is related to death. Light is probably related to heavens in some way. Uh, or is not like they have more I similarities if, if, if you know what I mean like they're more sim- some they have more, more similarities similar. but they're still distinct oh, okay okay uh, and I was actually going to talk about Shyish you were talking about that earlier oh, wait, uh, with the, when with the, the realm way of, uh, sorry, the realm of death works yeah Shyish death I was just going to uh, quickly say uh, with the realm of beasts though mm-hmm. uh, what does it look like because I, I just when you say it's all alive I don't is it just rock or is it Oh, it's rock and everything, but the rocks are all these colossal continents that are each alive. Is it just like filled with that, animals? <laughs> it's like a wild it's filled zoo. with. Imagine if Catacan was a universe, and also Catacan itself was alive. Oh my god! And that's the realm of beasts, and also cover the entire thing in orcs and ogres. Is it again got like volcanoes and like it's a bit? Yeah, varied. there'll be some other stuff like that occasionally, but it's just. The whole realm feels alive in a different yeah. kind of way. Yeah, like in a way even beyond like there are spirits in each realm. Uh, like Gerd, the realm of beasts itself, is a living thing. That's cool though. I, I like that. It's yeah. Each setting or each realm is almost its own setting. Uh, as for Shyish, uh, just a little neat little thing. Each civilization, because there are many civilizations in mortal realms, has their own underworld in Shyish. Uh, they all kind of coexist near each other. And the way it works is when a civilization is still alive, its underworld is still around. And when a civilization is destroyed or just fades away into history and its culture is lost, that underworld will fade away and the souls inside will fade into nothingness. I'm guessing Nagash doesn't let something like that slip his notice. I just got a feeling about that. It's kind of something he can't stop, but most of his Mortarks, his lieutenants, his soldiers are immune to it. And the thing about a lot of undead Warhammers, they don't have a soul. Like a zombie or a skeleton doesn't have a soul in it. It's just animated by death magic. 
So, and if Nagash takes the souls and stuffs them into something, they don't fade away as their afterlife fades away. The only brief bit I know about the undead stuff is there's the model of Catacross, the uh, that the kind oh, of, yeah. the, the, almost like the samurai looking uh, one. The, the, I don't know, like the barest bones about like a story of his, which was that Nagash invaded his like realm of undead and recruited him. That's literally all I know. But there's something about yeah. that. Like there's different re- like yeah, different afterlifes and the Gash is overlord of all of them because he ate all the other death gods. Damn. Uh, it's <laughs> What's the wild. um the the realm itself, is it mostly just like it's there bones? are places where there are living people there. Like people live side by side with other people's like ancestors and spirits. Yeah, but like is it like Chicago, <laughs> the entire planet. Uh, sorry for the issue from Chicago. <laughs> uh, no, it's probably nicer than Chicago. Wow, that's Nag- Nagash at least keeps order. Damn, is it kind of again like mountainous, or is it what's like the general kind of tone it's, of it? It's just a bit. Is it a bit like, um, like kind of spooky forest? Spread a spooky ghost for us at- across an entire plane of reality. So kind of, yeah, there's smoke and there's like burnt trees and, <laughs> and there's yeah fog and dead craggy burnt trees and it's just the worst. But, but, but people uh, live, yeah. but but mortals live there. Yeah, idiots. Like more, they can <laughs> live there. Well, I mean, to be fair, when you're born there, you don't have much of a choice. Not everyone has access to realm gates. I guess, and they live, they they probably choose to live closer to near the realm gate part. If they can help it. And uh, one last thing, because I just want the realms really should know they're weird and do their own things. Uh, in life, there's these things called life quakes. So imagine walking down the street, Hal. Mm-hmm. You're now pregnant. Oh, that's not where I thought I was going. Uh, gender is not a factor in this, so good luck out there, gentlemen. Oh, okay. <laughs> the realms are weird. That is not what I thought when you say a life quake. <laughs> Yo, what the hell? That that's um a slightly terrifying. That's probably that's quite terrifying. I have to admit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, the mortal realms are weird. Wh- who wrote that? Uh, which one of the writers? I have, no, I have yeah, no idea. Someone, someone is just huffing something. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> What's the, um, what's the, is this the life one you say, the life realm? Yeah, in the realm of life. Damn. I wonder if that makes it the worst one then, because it's just like, <laughs> the fucking <laughs> life, life realm pregnant. without my consent. Jesus Christ. Ugh. Oh, man. And to uh, really quickly just summarize what the Grand Alliances are, not going to go into every faction because we'll be here for another three hours. Uh, but just really quickly, last bit, uh, we have Grand Alliance Order. Not quite the good guys, but they're the ones who just don't want everything torn down or turned into zombies. They're mostly the old Pantheon members who didn't betray Sigmar so much as just kind of leave. Uh, Destruction, the next Grand Alliance, they're led by Gorkamorka and or Gorkamork. You know, the, the orcs, the ogres, the goblins, all those stuff that just want to fight and just are nuts and want to just get in a good old fight and eat all the time. Uh, there's Death, led by Nagash, who, again, Death, he's not changed at all from Warhammer Fantasy. Still wants to kill everything. 
uh, still wants to rule over an unending, unchanging world of static death. And there's chaos. It's it, it's chaos. It's the same as 40k. It's it's the chaos gods. Although the Skaven are a part of Grand Alliance chaos too, uh, because they had to fit in somewhere, and that was the only place that would take them. I think they fit in quite nicely because they are I, they are chaotic. In, I wish in nature. I get it, but I cannot. I do. I do not think the Skaven should be a part of anything. I think they should be the Skaven, their own race of assholes. To be fair, it sounds like the rest of Chaos kind of rejects them anyway. So yeah, they're not exactly best friends with anyone. It's more so. Well, the Horned Rat's here now, and he has so many followers. It bloats his power level to be more or less equal to us. So we just have to accept this now. <laughs> He's kind of like the Broly character of it. He's just like, I, he's a little I don't bit. think the Horned Rat's Broly. Oh, who, who would you say he is? Give him a lot of credit. True. He, he's I don't not, know if I can compare him to a Dragon Ball Z character. Maybe Frieza. Actually, that's but probably he, better, You yeah. keep killing him, but he doesn't go away. It keeps betraying every time. <laughs> what, did, what did I expect? <laughs> now he's gold. Gold Frieza. <laughs> Golden Horned Rat. My, 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 he slaps you with his fucking pimp. Golden rat, <laughs> pimp, golden horned rat. Damn. But uh, that rambling, disconnected uh, explanation was Age of Sigmar. This is uh, as you might have noticed, didn't cover everything because this is an entire war game setting. I tried to sum up. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, we did a lot. That was yeah. um, I mean, to feel like I kind like, of have a much better understanding of it. Was there also one more realm than metal? Was there a metal realm too? Yeah, that was that was the I'm sh- guessing shaman. 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 Is that one quite? Um, is that one mysterious? Then I take it. It's just quite. It's just metal. It's not as explored. Uh, although it's a lot of metal. It's same as the other realms. Closer to the middle. It's like you'll find a lot of ore deposits and whatnot, but it's livable. Uh, towards the edge, you'll find everything's made of some pure metal or other rare gems are all over the place. Metal oh, magic that's, is that's probably that's like in my head. I'm, I'm imagining a literal mountain of gold, like an yeah. actual mountain. That's cool. The, em- the emperor would be very happy with the realm of Shamon. Uh, um, <laughs> that's um, a hell of a sentence. Um, unfortunately, uh, he's not coming to the mortal realms anytime soon. I can't imagine that'll be a plot twist. <laughs> uh, aside from that, only one last thing to mention. Uh, when Galmaraz was reclaimed by the Stormcast Eternals, it was given to the Celestine Prime, the first ever Stormcast Eternal Sigmar created, who simply needed one last thing to finish him off. And when Galmaraz was reclaimed, he gave it to the Celestine Prime, who was forged from a king of an old kingdom in the old world that Sigmar once ruled. I think you know where I'm going with this. The Celestine Prime is fucking Karl Franz. It's oh, never yes. been confirmed. It just they just say he's an old king from the old world. Don't care. It's Karl Franz. No one else is badass enough to be the Celestine Prime. Emperor, uh letter count of Reichland, son was he prince? Sorry, prince. Prince Prince and Elector of Reichland. Excuse me. My my heresy. He is prince and emperor. That's a privileged bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh yeah, that is Age of Sigmar to just scratch the surface. I loved it. That was a that was a lot. I think I have a good image in my head of kind of what's going on. 
I definitely think, um, obviously it's an overview, but like I always struggle with what is, like, I guess, the ground level experience of that uh, universe. Because it's, again, it's just so big, even in terms of scale. And like, obviously it's high fantasy now, so it's a bit different. But I feel like I've got a good, like if I was to make a story like a in my head, I I think I know, I could I could place it appropriately in there, and it would actually make sense in the universe. So yeah, that's, that's really cool. There are a few named cities that show up uh, different. Like there's Hammer Hall, which is one of the biggest uh, cities formed in the mortal realms after Sigmar sent out the Stormcast. There's uh, Anvil Guard, which is what the place, the city that Marathi took from Sigmar. The All Points, which is currently under control of Archaon, but everyone keeps fighting over it. There's there's a couple different places you can kind of ground yourself in, but part of the appeal I find is just losing yourself in it and just approaching it not as a solid story, but as this mythic tale of massive fighting armies and whatnot. As we'll, we'll end it, uh, I think, well, hopefully we might do another in the future. We may possibly explore in more detail some of the factions within the alliance uh, orders themselves i think so you may go a bit uh sorry may go into more detail and uh or you may possibly talk about some dwarves chaos dwarves t- uh, stuff because you know love <laughs> i think i'm very curious about hashut um but i will end on i'll ask you a question which is uh who was your favorite faction in aos like who you know, who are you collecting and Oof. why are they your favorite? At the moment, probably the uh, the Lumineth, because I love my elves. Uh, they're quite, you know, they're high elves. I love them. Uh, Teclis is a model. That's something very nice about AOS. The gods in the setting play them on tabletop. They're very powerful. Is he T-posing? Is he he the- is T-posing. He's flying and T-posing on the lesser beings before him. Nothing wrong with that. It makes it even nope. better. Although, of course, that being said, uh, the Skaven, probably still my favorite overall uh, in Warhammer, because I love my bad rats. How- Van Quill is still kicking. Why are they your... We'll just finish on why they're your favorite, specifically. Like, what makes them so good? Because I I just love how they're the worst. Like, Go even, on. you know, even like, you know... Like the word bearers, they're all awful. But every now and then you'll get a character like you know Argle Argle Argletal. Argletal, thank you. Every time I say his name, it's like gargling dice. If you hear this a major kill too much, I think you'll start to. Um, I think he's pronounced it multiple different times, and so I'm like, I'm like, which one is it, bro? I'm struggling. Yeah, Argletal will go with. Like you'll get a character like him who's like, you know what? He's almost a redeemable character, almost not a piece of shit. With the Skaven, you don't get that. They're just the worst, and it's so fun. Like, you're playing mad scientist evil rats with machine guns made out of lightning in a fantasy setting. The voices are so funny, too. They're they're amazing. Like, the Skaven, when you want to be an irredeemable asshole, not even just a monster, yes, but more than that, just a prick, you go the Skaven. And I think that's very fun, because I think it's just funny. Thank all every day. Banquel is a joy to we, read about. We have to do a quiz on him. We have to oh, do something on our verses on that. We have to do something with Thanquil because it's just, there's no way we can't spread the love of this I, uh, absolute failure of, of a... I, I haven't gotten to it yet, but uh, he and Gotrick evidently have a duel in Age of Sigmar. Oh, yes. And, uh, 
I'm very excited to get to that point of the audiobook because oh boy, is it gonna be is it gonna be something. I know Thancole is quite unhappy when he finds out Gotrick survived. <laughs> As does Gotrick in reverse. I still remember that part in uh one of the Gotrek books where he's like, You, you know, you've been sabotaging me forever and they're like who are you? And he's like, oh, my Eomer is like faints because he's because they don't. He thinks his they've been. His ego is so bruised. He, he almost think, passes out. He thinks they've been sabotaging him for 20 years and they have no idea he was the same rat the entire yep. time. If nothing else, if nothing else will bring you to that, Thanquil is still at Age of Sigmar up to his old BS. So you know what? If nothing else will bring you to the setting, let Thanquil do it. He is the epitome of you failed successfully. He is still the horned rat's silliest clown fighting his funniest battles. And we are your silliest uh, clowns presenting this video. Thank you so much for watching uh, our law criminals. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe. It really helps us out. really helps the and, channel. And uh, please let us know what you'd like to see next. Fantasy Fireside always kind of a more of a relaxed just, just talk about fantasy lore and whatnot. So, if you'd like to see some AOS stuff, let us know. If you'd like to, uh, a return to fantasy, also let us know that. And uh, we'll see what's going on next time. Thank you all. Oh, sorry. Thank you all so much for listening, though. We really appreciate it. And Very much so. Uh, we'll see you all next time. Have a good one. Take, take care, everyone. <laughs>